Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center Podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsok, and this is another edition of the main show, the superstar destroyer of our feed, Force Center. And with me, as always, is Joseph Scrimshaw. And back after a little break, because we flipped in a recording fast while you were <laughs> in a panel at WonderCon, it's Jennifer Landa. Welcome back. Yeah, we're happy to be here. Yes, we are. I just decided to speak for both of us. <laughs> I like it. I like so I'm it. just in a yeah. jerky mood already. <laughs> 
all right. We're all here, recovered. It's a rainy day in L.A., which means there's a couple sprinkles on the road. But uh, we're having fun. We're ready to talk about some uh, stuff around Rogue One and the Force Awakens Blu-ray release. Which version you guys bought, which is a big question. And uh, we're not alone, Joseph. No, we, we have, a have a special guest. Awesome guest. Uh, my good friend and the producer of Never Not Funny podcast, Matt Belknap, is here. Hello. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, thank you so much for being here. Sure. Uh, you are, when I think of my, my Star Wars buddy, of people that I want to talk to Star Wars about, you pop right up. Oh, know? that makes me so happy. That's all I want in life is for people to think of Star Wars and then think of me because I, I'll take any excuse to talk about it at any length of time. And you've learned that firsthand. So. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You were a guest on my Obsessed podcast where we talked about The Force Awakens and yeah. had great insights and uh, corrected me uh, on an incorrect <laughs> Force Awakens oh, man. creature. You're probably, and I was thrilled. I was <laughs> thrilled to be corrected. That must be, like, if that, if that had happened to me, I would never be able to get over it. Like, so basically he... He was talking yeah. about a hapabore, and he called it a lugabeast, and I was like, that's actually the hapabore. <laughs> yeah, and in my defense, I had looked it up, and the information source was incorrect. The, yeah. the hapabore so, is the one that Finn was drinking water with, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. and I had yeah. brought it up because it was a gratuitous, <laughs> yeah. I was asking, it was a quiz, and I was asking, what what is the gratuitous butt shot in The Force Awakens? Yeah. Because we really spend some quality time with the hapabore's butt. Yeah. You do. I liked it. And it <laughs> There's a lot of butt to look at there, yeah. so it needs an extra beat to yeah. take it all in. It, <laughs> and it shimmy and shakes, man. It's, yeah. that, yeah. that thing's getting into that water. It's practical. It's not CGI. I it's know. a real butt. That was right. a shocker. As as we learned from watching the Force Awakens, Force Awakens uh, fluff documentary, <laughs> which I'll talk more about later. Uh, as always, we're going to dig into some news and what's been going on in the Star Wars world. It's always fun to be a Star Wars fan these days, but this week was particularly Interesting and exciting. Jennifer, take us through the news. Yes. So the headline, well, besides there's been so many headlines, <laughs> according to makingstarwars.net, Frank Oz is heading to Pinewood Studios in the UK for episode eight. They were able to confirm that his trip to the UK is for work and not a trip for leisure. Uh, there was a rumor also that one of the uh, Octu recreations was made to accommodate a puppet. So does this mean that we will be seeing Yoda, a new puppet character, Yaddle? <laughs> who, who is it going to be? Controversial Yaddle. Mm -hmm. The Yaddle uh, reference. Wow. Uh, my immediate question is, do we know how they confirmed that he was there for work? They said that they, they confirmed with two sources. It was, he, was, he had a briefcase. <laughs> like, well, obviously that guy's not on vacation. <laughs> he has a newspaper in 2016. He's a business person. Right. Rolled up under his arm, and he looks to be in a rush. <laughs> Maybe somebody at the airport was checking him in. What are you here for? I'm here for work. Oh, customs. That's a good call. Customs? Maybe maybe okay. someone overheard the customs oh, yeah, exchange. Yeah, Talk or about stole the form. Rebel yeah. spies. They are yeah. everywhere. But I just like the idea that poor old Frank Oz arrived at an airport and somebody just gets in his face like, are you here for leisure? <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. Then you're Yoda. <laughs> so I guess this begs some important questions, right, Jennifer? Right. That, that, that we, Yoda? Yeah. Well, so they, I don't know. I, I don't think know. so. I'm going to be, yeah, I'm going to, I think, he's gonna think gonna for, he's, the, he's the best force ghost choice. Yeah, right. Okay. And we know Luke's going to figure prominently in the movie, so sure. it right. makes sense that Luke would be consulting with his Force Ghost buddies, yeah. <laughs> or whichever ones are available, <laughs> whoever is available. I want now, uh, based on your uh, notion there, Matt, I want now a scene of a Force Ghost kind of conference, <laughs> just Qui-Gon yeah. sitting around, Obi-Wan maybe, yeah. Yoda, that'd be interesting. Is that what we want? I is was going to say that. Do we want to see Yoda? 
Force yeah, I want to see a Force Ghost. Not seeing a Force Ghost is just too big of a hole. It's an insult to the effort that the Jedi went through yeah. <laughs> to retain their existence within the Force. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's an excellent point. Yeah, you, they, they earned it. Yeah, it's a big plot point. It's not handled well in the prequels, but it is yeah. a big plot point that connects the first six movies mm-hmm. and Obi-Wan's you know, iconic line of, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. Mm-hmm. I'll be able to pass on whatever advice I choose, sometimes cryptically. <laughs> uh, and I also really like the idea that Luke is not just, I'm bummed, I gotta go somewhere, I understand the first Jedi Temple has lovely ocean view. <laughs> I like the idea that it's he is bummed and he's running away, but he's also doing something vaguely practical mm-hmm. in communing in some way with old Jedi ideas and maybe maybe he gets better uh, Force Ghost Wi-Fi reception <laughs> <laughs> so he can get a real clear picture of Yoda. Yeah. Right. That definitely makes sense. Matter, do you have any concern of, of them trying to wedge in some of those older characters into the four, uh, episode eight or, or, or could they do it organically enough um, that you have faith in it? Yeah, I, I, I maybe uh, naively, but I do kind of trust this new uh, this new crew. I, I think they um, they seem to be on the right track. They, yeah. They've they've done their home. Well, like like Kathleen Kennedy was saying in, in the aforementioned <laughs> fluff piece, they did a lot of homework <laughs> to figure out what the world was. And um, so, yeah, I'm I'm willing to go wherever they want to go with it until the point at which I my radar you know starts going off and and it feels a little odd. Like it, just on the face of it, I feel like a, the Force Ghosts do feel a bit like a dated concept, or it's become a point of parody almost. Like in the Lego mm-hmm. Star Wars stuff, there's a lot of jokes about. That because it just it, in the movies, it, you know, I, as a kid, I didn't mind, but like it, it is kind of an easy way for to shove in some exposition, like specifically about Leia in Jedi. But like, so if if they're using it like that, it's gonna be like weird. But I, at the same time, I do want to see it, it, it. Maybe it, like you said, it connects the movies a little more, and mm-hmm. and and is the logical thing for Luke to be doing at at that point. You know, it's, that's his that's his posse. So. I think that's an interesting point you make Matt is that it's not so much the force ghosts that I'm have a problem with it. It is kind of what it's become. It has become kind of a joke yeah. between that and hot chocolate uh, in, yeah. Star, in the star Wars world. So it might seem, it does kind of seem out of place. It feels a little hokey. Me. Yeah. And then, and but it's not oh, no. yeah, to me, yeah. it seems like an opportunity like the old joke of stormtroopers missing everything. I, I had thought they would do this in the force awakens. And sure enough, first couple stormtroopers out of the ship, <laughs> killing people, <laughs> yeah. dead right. shots. And I think it's the same kind of setup for the force joke of like or force ghost of like this one's not going to be sitting on a log we're gonna blow your mind with how cool this force ghost is and right. turn it on its that, head that begs the question how cool can a force ghost actually be <laughs> <laughs> there's a limit to what a translucent uh, half human blue guy can be. If, <laughs> if they can deal with why the force ghost can only speak in generalities yeah. and not give specific helpful advice that would be that would be mind-blowing to me yeah like it's, like, it's not like Spock and Into Darkness coming in from the future going, <laughs> right. oh, by the way, here's what happens. Yeah, if Yoda can explain like how some of their statements and information just has to be redacted by the right. will of the Force. Right. Like, we can tell you, like, backstory, but we can't say, like, hey, you know, the Emperor can shoot lightning out of his hands. Did you know that? We forgot to tell you. <laughs> but was that, that would have been helpful. <laughs> to me, that's just, that's not even ghost-related. That's just those characters are always cryptic. Like, that's right, just yeah. part of being a Jedi Master. You're kind of like... Wink, wink, you'll figure it out soon enough. <laughs> like, there's that, that's part of their yeah. DNA. Which might have been why Palpatine was so, you know, could, could change Anakin so quickly. He was like, let me actually tell you some yeah. things. That, yeah, you he know? just wanted to know yeah. concrete facts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, here's a way trouble. to make them cooler is if they have actual power. Because I've always interpreted okay. the power, oh, to your okay. point with the cryptic, I've always interpreted the power as I can still help 
Luke after yeah. I'm gone. That's mm-hmm. why I'm more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I can still have an impact. So if they could actually use the force and do stuff, wow. that'd be really Wait cool. a minute. That but that cool. opens up a can of worms. Maybe <laughs> maybe it. Luke didn't hit that shot on the first Death Star. Maybe that was <laughs> Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan did just it. slam dunking it. Oh, that would be amazing. It was just like, nobody remembers Obi-Wan, but yet again, I'm the one who actually took care of business. <laughs> yeah, like that thing was going way left, and I just like <laughs> scooped it up. So the force would be yes. with you. Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> All right. So Luke would definitely not be a Mary Sue then, right? As we, you know, <laughs> if Obi-Wan's goodness. driving the pilot. Gary Stu, yeah, that's Gary right. Stu. He was a Gary Stu. Uh, Jennifer, though, it's not out of the, I mean, episode seven had Yoda and Obi-Wan in it, technically, right? right? Uh, so absolutely. it's not a far stretch to see him in there. No, and I, like Matt said, I, I have faith in this crew. I think that they're going to do it in a, in a right way. I don't think he's going to be a major part of episode yeah. eight. I think it might be like one scene, two mm-hmm. scenes. We'll just see a quick appearance. And also, you know, the thing about Yoda, I was watching Jedi not too long ago. He is very kid friendly. So yeah. each each movie that you know, I felt like in Episode Seven, the Rathars was kind of kiddish in some ways. I, mean, I know some children were afraid of the Rathars, but for me, it was yeah. like, oh, that's kind of the kid moment or the the Hapabor butt, yeah, kid <laughs> moment. Yoda is very kid friendly, so yeah. that'd be a nice totally. way. I don't want to see his butt though. I don't want to see. Actually, you know what, Yoda butt. His, <laughs> his butt. You see his butt a little just cloaked, but yeah, yeah cloaked. Right. in Empire, right. it's kind yeah. of adorable. It is, it is pretty cute. It, 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 right. It's like a little like infant butt, basically. It's, yeah, like diapers. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. My, it looks like daughter. he's wearing some huggies. I think he shows up in eight. I think he, there's a little ghost appearance, and he appears before Ray and says, "Your father, I am." Oh, <laughs> that would truly be powerful. Wow. Yeah. So uh, that's some interesting news. Frank yeah. Oz going to Pinewood. For work. <laughs> oh, that actually just begs one other question that I had, because I don't think it's true, actually. But remember when Kathleen Kennedy said in front of a bunch of people that our whole cast will be back for episode eight and everyone right. was freaking out because they're like, does that mean Harrison Ford's going to be back? Right. And they're like, how's that going to work? Uh, will they do the thing that they have never done, I don't, I don't think, in a Star Wars movie and actually have flashbacks? <gasps> would there be a flashback possibility that would include possibly Yoda possibly mm. Han Solo. Yeah, I mean, yes. we could get a, a, a an actual flashback. We could get a Force Vision or maybe a, like a hollow recording. That's a good call. Yeah, oh, both of those things. Are, yeah, that's true. That, yeah, that's not, mm. I don't consider the thing with the lightsaber uh, that Ray has. That's not yeah, a, that's a flashback. Vision, that's right. a vision. So yeah. you could, mm-hmm. he could be involved in something like that. Yeah, but oh. I don't think we get a moment where Luke like strokes his beard and like, the last time Han and I talked, <laughs> <laughs> I kind of would like to. Yoda, Yoda, you were there. <laughs> <laughs> well, when Remember? Billy Lord was cast for episode seven, there was a lot of talk of, oh, she's going to be young Princess Leia. We're oh, going to have right. some flashbacks. Or mm-hmm. some, and and yeah. we were all kind of worried because that would really seem out of place. I don't. Yeah, I yeah. don't. I'm not cool with it for some yeah. reason. It's it's like such a minor thing, but I just feel like Star Wars doesn't do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. like the you know fades in from the opening crawl, and you know, 18 years ago or so. Yeah. We don't want that. Yeah. It wouldn't fit in, but that's cool. Next up, yeah, Jennifer sorry. from News. Yeah, well, yes, director Ryan Johnson's social media feed has been full of episode <laughs> eight gems lately. On Tumblr, he shared a photo of uh, what looked like Lupita Nyong'o on set wearing a motion capture suit and standing in front of a giant screen with Maz Kanata his face on it. Um, so this is basically like a performance capture set where the actor can see a rough version of their CG character in real time. So we already knew that Lupita was going to be back. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was very excited to see Maz's face on that screen. Absolutely. Yeah. Joseph? Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm You're thrilled. a Maz fan, right? I, I, I am. Are, I, didn't I do. Know I, that. Like, I like her a lot. Oh, uh, good. I can talk about this now. Uh, I wrote 
Well, uh, <laughs> I could have I always talked about moths. <laughs> okay. uh, but the other thing I was going to say, uh, I wrote 10 minutes of the Riff Tracks riff that they're going to release for The Force Awakens. That's great. Oh. Uh, wow. So Big the time. way they divide the writing That's up is great. you get a chunk of time, and then you write jokes, and then there's second drafts and everything. Uh, but the 10 minutes that I had is basically Moz's castle. It's like from when the Falcon lands in Tokodano yeah. uh, right up to when Ray goes downstairs. So I just spent... A lot of my life with Maz Kanata. <laughs> yeah. The writing process is you you rewind, you watch it, you find the place for the joke, then you pick yeah. the joke, and like so you you end up rewatching it again and again. So it's now this surreal experience when I watch The Force Awakens yeah. on Blu-ray, where it's like, oh yeah, I, I know a lot of the movie pretty well because I saw it five times in the theater and talk about it constantly. But then that that ten minutes was like. I'm going to say all these lines along with these 10 minutes because they are deeply memorized now. Uh, but yeah, the quality time with Maz made me really uh, appreciate the character even more and how she's got like this nice, unique space. Mm-hmm. You know, Seven takes a lot of hits for not enough new stuff and she feels really new. She feels mm-hmm. like the kind of character that should exist logically mm-hmm. in the Star Wars galaxy of the I'm no Jedi, but I know all about the Force. I pay attention to what's actually going on under the surface, but I'm not levitating stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. and a great mm-hmm. sequence, and I think her her character, uh, you know, did what it was supposed to do. But we also had a lot of questions still about her and what she knows. And I think I'd like to see some of those answers when she tells Han another st- a story for another time. I'm glad we're going to get that time. I want to hear more whether or not she's going to talk about Luke or Leia, the lightsaber, or whatever. Yeah, uh, it's a great thing for Moth to be back, Matt. Yeah, if you a Moth fan, number one, I am. Yeah, <laughs> that's. Uh, I can say that my my children love her too. I think she's yeah. like Yoda. She's very kid friendly, but not doesn't feel. She doesn't go into Ewok territory in terms of being <laughs> right. cuddly. Right. Um, right. But yeah, I know she's totally unique and 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 probably the best motion capture character I can think of that like really works. Uh, amidst a lot of um, you know actual like physical creatures that they built, uh, you you know you you don't think about it, which is what you want out of that. Um, right. But yeah, I, I agree. Like it was so tantalizing to to get that close to finding out what happened to the Skywalker lightsaber and then be like, well, we'll tell you about that some other time. <laughs> yeah. like, what? Come on. Yeah. Well, yeah. the fact that, dude, they shot those scenes where she hands the saber over to Leia, which were was in the teaser. Mm-hmm. Um, they had other things, I think, planned for us. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad that's not a one-and-done character. It's it's a, it's a kind of an important character to me, in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm glad it's uh, she's coming back somehow. She's got to open up a new yeah. business. Where do you want? Yeah, where do you want her to show up, Jennifer? Do you want her to rebuild her castle, have a, a new coffee shop, or just be hanging out with the resistance? Yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I do want to see her more in her element. Maybe rebuilding her castle. Sure, why not? Um, I want to see more of her abilities. Really, mm-hmm. I want to see her walking around more, interacting with them. Um, maybe learn a little bit more about her backstory. Mm. Yeah. Um, I just, yeah, I just. There's something about her that just, she just feels like a warm blanket. I just want to cuddle next to her. <laughs> Tell me a story, Maz. Tell me. Yeah. There's a nice, a really nice uh, sharpness. It's very firm but kind when she tells yeah. Han she's just not going to deliver BB-8 for him. Mm. Um, and I, that, that's, that 10 minutes of her is such a weird part of the movie because it's been so exciting. And it's a part where it mm-hmm. kind of slows down mm-hmm. and just kind of energy-wise never really speeds up to the same exhilaration of meeting Poe and Ray and Finn sure. and, and explosions. Uh, so I feel like the scene can be like, oh, it's a little calm. And Maz is doing so many great subtle things in that. The way in particular that she just says, no. Yeah. <laughs> to Han when he, he's like, I need you to get this thing. He's like, no. 
Yeah. And I, the, uh, she's like a blanket that says, maybe no more Doritos tonight. <laughs> no. Right. So she's warm and comfy, but she's also like taking care of you. Like, that's a bad idea. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, that sequence was my bathroom break, I think, in the second and third viewings because I knew I could get be, go and come back before the yeah. vision. Yeah. Uh, but right. on rewatching and watching it again, actually, just last night on Blu-ray, um, I, I love that sequence more now than I did the upon first viewing because of, of her relationship with Han, the history there, where's my boyfriend Chewie. There's oh, a lot of fun that. things yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. How she read Finn. Uh, and I just like, uh, I don't think it's a cantina n- uh, little nod, but it's not a ripoff to me like some people want to tear into it. I yeah. love that. I, th- I think first viewing, I was a little on that thing of like, sure. this is feeling, because there, there, there are, uh, you've already been through a few beats where it's like, oh, okay, we got another desert planet. Okay, we got another this, we got another that. Yeah. And so when you get at that, you're like, really, another cantina? But now that I've seen it a few times, it's distinctive enough, and I mean, it's a great set. Like the the outside yeah. is amazing. Everything about it is amazing. All the all the creature effects and everything that they the way they populated it is unbelievable. Um, and I really appreciate that more having watched the documentary. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I I mean, I'll say this about Maz Kanata. In a movie full of great lines, yeah. <laughs> I think probably my family and I quote the when she just goes Han Solo. <laughs> I think I've been I think I've said yeah. that more than anything else really at, at all from that movie. Like not 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 just uh, that's probably the thing I've said most in the last four yeah. months. Like that's in my great. life because yeah. it's just fun to say. It's fun right. to imitate. I mean, she's yeah. she's uh, and and my kids love doing it. It's just fun. It, there's something exuberant about her. Mm, yeah, it's yeah. like it's really so, refreshing. Do you guys I, do that like at the dinner table and like? They all drop the forks and stuff, and <laughs> Judah Friedlander turns around. <laughs> Warwick Davis, yeah. Uh, you know, we do this. I, I'll, it comes up most when we play Star Wars ABC, which is we go mm. through and you try you try to think of something with for each letter that's from Star Wars. I want to hang out with Matt. Yeah. I know. Hey. Well, th- we, we do it with Star Wars, and then sometimes we just do it with Force Awakens, which is hard Ooh, to do. That's yeah. so if, you, if you guys can think of a Q word. Then you're better than me because oh. I still I always have to fall back on like well the Q in Dakar uh, is what I was going to say so yeah. like, I'm going to go with Dakar the cool kids call it car yeah exactly <laughs> the does like it's like in Fran- in French when the D apostrophe is like the so it's really but no uh, but every time we get to H we one of us has to go Han Solo <laughs> so that's that's mainly how it comes up awesome oh we're going to go gosh. hang out at Matt's have some hot chocolate talk about Masconado and play the Star Wars ABC game yeah I love do it. you guys did Jennifer you you play games like this at home? Am I the only one that was missing out on this action? Joseph, you and your wife just uh, kept playing Star Wars We talk ABC? about Star Wars oh, okay. a <laughs> lot. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, that's pretty great. Fair enough. Okay. I, I say often to her jokingly when some Star Wars thing comes up, it's like, do you have any questions? And, <laughs> and like, I would say about eight times out of ten, she's like, actually, I do. Like, oh, God, yes. Yes. <laughs> Source of a good marriage where you guys yeah. can help each other right. in areas where you're not familiar with. Uh, that's um, well, that's great. I like that Ryan Johnson is uh, going to help uh, expand this universe that we uh, got to dive into in The Force Awakens, and Maz is definitely a key part of that. Yeah, and I like that he's sharing these little nuggets online. It's really exciting. In fact, last night I saw on Twitter a fan asked him if he could confirm that BB-8 would be in Episode 8, and his reply <laughs> was brilliant. He said, man, you'd have to admire my cojones if he wasn't. <laughs> I love that. It's so fun. Yeah, it would be, yeah. where's BB-8? Man, we killed him off. Can you just, imagine? That's the opening crawl. BB-8 yeah. 
yeah. He rolled into some lava. Yeah. Shocking. Shocking. <laughs> or even better, if like they don't even acknowledge it. They're like, what? Oh, you guys wanted more of that more adorable, awesome droid that people that could not get enough of, literally? Oh, yeah, we didn't think that you would like him. So oh, we're we going to we, paint him a slightly different color so you buy different toys. Different. But, yeah. Oh, yeah. that's a question. Will there be, like with R2s, or will there be other BB units? That'll be interesting. Ooh. One of a kind, right? Is what Poe said. He but. says he's one of a kind, but they also refer to him as an orange BB unit, which yeah. makes right. it seem like the color was the only thing that was one of a kind. Or maybe his plucky attitude yeah, was one yeah, of a kind. Yeah, I think so. Right. He has an outlook like no one else. Yeah. He has a lot of droid sponsor. He's got a great outlook on life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, uh, the plucky chip was inserted <laughs> right. there. But yeah, I, I took it as there's other BB, eight, uh, BB units. A BB yeah. unit is even Kylo Ren says. But now to say it out loud and to talk about it with you guys, that would be weird if like a purple BB unit rolls up yeah. next to him. And I also I felt it was that. a patch for how quickly everyone recognizes that droid across the galaxy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To report him to birth both first order and resistance. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I'll be, it'll be cool to see if they repaint him for the sake of toys. One of the mysteries, this is a tangent, one of the mysteries upon, upon really watching this again last night uh, and having the ability to watch it in my house yeah. uh, and pause and take things is the fact that everyone co- seems to be communicating Real brief transmissions to some central intelligence agency that everyone's talking to. Just the, uh, uh, tell the First Order Han Solo's got the droid. And then the droid, it's like, yeah. who are they talking to? Where's this all filter into? It, apparently, Snoke's really busy because it has to go up to him because Snoke has receives that information to give it to Kylo and Hux. So, like, First Order has some bad management. So, basically, like, yeah. you imagine you run a huge corporation and every email from Microsoft goes to Bill Gates. And then Bill Gates says, I'll read them all and decide how to disseminate them for the most drama. What else is he doing? He's sitting on that giant throne. <laughs> oh my god! I hadn't even thought about that. Well, yeah. You're right. Yeah. Hux and Ren aren't... What? They, they're, they're not, not the getting the emails. Well, they're, yeah. out, they're out, to be fair, they're out in the field. They're, That's you know, right. We don't know right. where... They're busy Snoke screwing is. everything up. Yeah, oh like, so, gosh. like, there could be... Yeah, there could be, like, the headquarters where all the info... Uh, right. They do... Right, right, weird, right. Weirdly enough, they address that in the novelization of The Force Awakens briefly, like, when, um, hmm. when uh, Balatik calls in the, yeah. the Millennium Falcon, mm-hmm. they say something about, like... And this is just par for the course for that novel, which is a grind. It's a real yeah, 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 yeah. I agree with that. But yeah. like every, did you read it? I did read it. Yeah, but yeah. So do you remember that that there was like some just overwrought explanation of how like he's calling it into some central like basically yeah. like a bulletin board for everybody to go like because he wanted because he needs to get the like he's gonna get some reward right for reporting it even That's if he's right. not the one who finds there, it yes it did paint it as more as uh oh cool we're gonna we got yeah, there because like, otherwise you would think well why why wouldn't he just go after it himself like yeah. he would go after Han Solo yeah and get the droid himself. it's like the tracking board in Hollywood it's like these projects being <laughs> right. made like he's, right. he, these are the droids we're looking for yeah, yeah so Balatik <laughs> and Bazine both got some money because <laughs> yeah. they both yeah yeah yeah, interesting. Uh, so, do we have any more news, or should that, we get into? Let's get into it. Get into yeah, let's Rogue, get into the Rogue it. One trailer. Oh, yeah. so we're going to talk mm-hmm. the Rogue One trailer for a while, and then we'll talk a little bit more about the Force Awakens Blu-ray because that's obviously on all of our minds. Yes, yes. it is. Uh, so, for Rogue One trailer, let's just start with general general reactions. Ken, do you do you want to start? What was your reaction? Uh, you know, I woke up early that morning, and with uh, JT from Schmoes, No One Screen Junkies, he was coming over to to my house, and we were going to do a reaction video, which 
I kind of don't like reaction videos, but <laughs> the kids make them these days. Yes, they we were, do. We were going to do them, and, and uh, they're fun, and, and uh, we're trying to keep it the integrity of the reaction video, where you know we're going to watch it live for the first time as we record. Couldn't do it. <laughs> I, what? I was, because you paused? or No, because couldn't I, I couldn't wait that long. Okay. <laughs> I rolled out of bed, and I was having trouble. I'm not a, I'm not a morning person, kid. So I needed so I watched the trailer and I jumped out of bed and took a shower and got dressed and got ready and was ready to break it down because it was awesome. It was awesome. It was we didn't know what to expect from this other than what we've heard darker, grittier, da 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 da. Um, but it was that, but also fun, adventurous, palm trees. Like yeah. I'm so that, stoked about the palm trees that, that we need in the Star Wars universe. I I absolutely loved it. Uh, I will say this before I let you guys react. The only thing I had, and we'll say nothing negative about the trailer itself, is I did kind of feel slight malaise, a little bit of. Oh, okay. I still got Force. I literally have Force Awakens in my hand now. I'm still taking this in, mm. and I got to get ready for a new one. I'm mm-hmm. going to be excited. <laughs> I'm, they're yeah. going to get my money. I'm going to watch the trailer after we're done recording. Yeah. Um, but I feel a little bit of oh, we were just here. Yeah. So I don't right. know. So a little bit of, of wariness. Yes. Fatigue. Yeah. Fatigue. Star Wars Fatigue. Fatigue. Little, little yeah. bit. Right. Little yeah. bit. Sure. Don't get me wrong. Understandable. Jennifer, yeah. what was your initial reaction? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I am obsessed with yeah. this movie. Obsessed. I I watched it, and, I mean, each moment, I'm like, oh, ah, ooh. And, and I, each time I watched <laughs> Very, it, there was vaguely something. Vaguely Ewok, or no, you sounded like the guy from Jabba's Palace counting down to size noodles. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Yes, there were a lot of Ewok. Um, but yeah, yeah, I was really. I actually, I don't want to say I wasn't optimistic about this film. Yeah. I didn't know what to expect. I was a little skeptical. It blew me away. Also, mm. the music. Um, someone, uh, yes. James. I'm going to shout out to James Guzman online. He shared this tidbit. The siren. He noted that that moment when the siren came on, that would be a moment normally where we'd see, you know, hear John Williams' music. Mm-hmm. That swelling music. And instead we got this siren. This right. was a real change in tone letting mm-hmm. us know that this is not going to be yeah. your, your you know, typical Star Wars film. It definitely created like tension and, and distress. Jarring in a good way. Yeah, in a right. good That's way. That's really cool that instead yeah. of the hero music, there's a really loud shout of alarm. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh no! <laughs> yeah, and I think the the biggest takeaway for me was Felicity Jones. Yeah, bravo! I really was unsure about her casting. I'm like, I don't know. She's very proper and British, mm-hmm. but she nailed it. Yeah, oh, she rebels. So good. Yeah. She rebels. Oh yeah, yeah. Mothma. I mean, it's like, come on, <laughs> yeah, man. so much greatness. Yeah. How about you, Matt? Yeah, I I similar. I think to you, Jennifer. I was like feeling kind of like. Not that I wasn't excited about it, but I just didn't know what to expect, so I wasn't thinking about it. I think I was caught up in The Force Awakens Blu-ray and, and the end of the new season of Rebels, and so that's where my mind was. And so I was like, oh, yeah, check this out. And, like, I was immediately like, oh, God, it's a Star Wars movie. Like, oh, my God. It's like, and, like, the helmets and yeah. the base. It's like, oh, yeah. you're, you're going right back to the exact thing I love probably the most in yeah. all of Star Wars yeah. is mm-hmm. that, that initial film. And, and they, they captured the details were so right on the money. Like, the, like, like you said, Mon Mothma looks perfect. Yeah. Amazing. Costumes look perfect. The sets look perfect. And like, but it's like new, the, all the, all the advantages of the 
new technology that mm. you can bring to a production, but combined with that classic look of everything, everything the way it was in the initial, in the first film. Yeah. So like I was automatically like, oh, I did the same thing. I woke up, I like rolled out of bed and flipped my <laughs> iPad open. I was like, here we go. <laughs> 7 a.m. First thing I did. And then I jumped out of bed and like watched it a second time with yeah. my kids. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I just... I, I've, I'm full of uh, excitement now, and, and now I, I just can't believe we have to wait, uh, <laughs> what is it, eight months or something? Yeah. 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 I was really surprised by the general, not, not the tone, but the approach of the trailer. Mm. Because I thought that they would lead out of the gate with trying to educate people that this is not just tone-wise a different Star Wars movie, but like when it happens, how mm. it relates to The Force Awakens. And I, I think they're going to have to do that kind of education eventually for people who don't do Star Wars podcasts on a Saturday <laughs> afternoon, for just normal human beings. Yeah. So I expected them to lead with the story. Right. Because they've talked a lot about how, well, we're doing mm-hmm. the Han Solo movie. We might do other origin movies that are about characters. This isn't about an event yeah. in the story of Star Wars. So I was pleasantly surprised to have the trailer be this is about a character. This is about this specific yeah. character right. and how they relate to the Star Wars galaxy. And I was, and then, so I was sort of processing all this as I was watching it. Mm-hmm. And then I was, I was at first kind of thrilled by how they were presenting her character and then surprised by the way they wrapped the trailer. What will you become? Exactly. Oh. Because I felt like the really cool thing is they're presenting, if you are a person who does a Star Wars podcast on Saturday afternoon, mm-hmm. they're presenting, Mon Mothma represents the rebellion as we've known them, that mm-hmm. they're smart, aristocratic people who mm-hmm. like, well, we do blow lots of people up when we have to, sure. but it's because we are good and noble. So introducing somebody who's like, well, I kind of like hitting people anyway. (laughs) And it just happens to sync up with what you want to do. You want people hit. You want things blown up. I'm kind of angry and I would like to do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Mon Mothma having that great take that shows you that's going to be the conflict of the movie. So like, wow, that's so fresh and so Mm -hmm. new and exciting. And then to end on the beat in a non-Jedi movie of... But will she fall to the dark side? Yeah. For me, it was like, yes. it's powerful, it's effective, but it, for me, in the hardcore Star Wars nerd world, it felt like repetition. Yeah. Whoa. Just that end beat to say, mm-hmm. we've got a fresh new character, an incredible new approach, a new corner of the Star Wars galaxy, and the question is still going to be, Good or is bad. she going to be <laughs> too mean? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I didn't get that. As yeah, much. I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, no. I, I'm uh, sorry. So Sometimes I wish I was as smart as Joseph. That's, that's <laughs> yeah, what I always say. Yeah, he sees Joseph. colors I don't see. Yeah. I, I think but, that, like, I, I don't. I didn't take that that moment to be that significant. I think it was just a nice matchup to here she is in an imperial, yeah, right. like some badass uniform or yeah. armor that we've never really seen. And I was like, that was to me. That's so cool that I was like, I don't really care about the thematic uh, implications of what's going on. I just, I just want, I love that guy. I want, I want that action figure. I like, I'm ready to buy that poster, whatever you're going to uh, do. I had those reactions as well. Yeah. I, just, I just felt like in something that was so successfully fresh, it was odd yeah. beat and I to end it. on. I don't know that that it is going to be representative of right. the movie. Right. Right. Could you, I, no, go ahead, Jennifer. Well, I don't know if it, I didn't get the sense that she was going to be turning to to the you know to evil. I almost felt like it's like is she going to really want to invest? Is it's mm. less about like turning like uh, that that kind of doubt. It's more like do I really want to to champion and, and be a part of this cause? Um, I don't know. I, I I can see what you're saying. It's almost like hey, yeah. if, you're, if you're captured, are you going to roll on us? Are you and, and, right. and I don't know. I don't know. Forrest Whitaker's character might have nothing to do with the rebellion, or he might have everything to do with it. I don't know. He could be just a weird space wizard that we run into. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I took it more on that end, uh, where it was like, 
you know, you guys could be captured, and and this could go really bad. This is yeah. not just simple, some simple little mission. It's it's a Suicide Squad like mission. Right. Uh, so that's why I took it. But but yeah, um, I, I understand where you're coming from, Joseph, and it uh, and it's. Yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with you. Yeah, in sense, I just I'm feel just like, like yeah. Mm-hmm. If the line had been, "Where will your loyalty lie?" That yeah. would have been like fresh to me. Of like, oh, somebody who's not who isn't so committed to the rebellion uh, that they might just yeah. turn. Mm-hmm. Versus the Echo one, what will you become? And now yeah. it's dark, and now the Imperial theme comes in. It's also just that it's it's like I want a story that's not about that that Jedi right. Sith yeah. dichotomy. Could it be like, will you become a hero, or are you just going to slip back into your old your old yeah, ways, that's your old how habits? I took it. Yeah, you know? like, but but I hear what you're saying. I think they just you know I I wouldn't be surprised if like once you're in the mode of writing a Star Wars movie, you just get carried away and you're like, <laughs> it's all about becoming something. What are you become? Like I don't have to throw that language in yeah. there. Yeah. It's like it doesn't even apply, but I don't care. Uh, right, yeah. that scene of her in the armor is probably not even going to be in the movie. <laughs> yeah, right, 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 right. You know what, Joseph? Right. I, I really do actually see your point more now. Because because in that moment when he says that line, we hear a breath of Darth Vader. Yeah. That re- it's like they're really kind of trying to D- hit that point that you're mentioning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it feels like there's plenty of indicators of dark side. Again, right, I don't necessarily right. think it's the thing that the movie is going to do, but I think they've been so savvy on communicating what they want with the trailers. I was surprised that the first half is blow your mind fresh in a lot of ways. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the back half was, but don't worry, it's going to be all the Star Wars stuff you know. Uh-huh. Yeah. There's uh-huh. going to be some heavy breathing in the background. <laughs> well, <laughs> like there's you're been, used to. I mean, right. there's been, there's, I, I feel like I, from various sources, some not reliable at all probably, but mm-hmm. I feel like I've gotten different um, stories about what's actually going to be in this movie because yeah. initially mm-hmm. they were like, no Jedis, no lightsabers. Right. And then I heard something about, well, you're going to see Darth Vader on the battlefield. I right. was like, what's that? What? Oh, Hold on. That's oh. that's different. Yeah. And then, yeah, now we're thrown into like, well, are there going to be people with some force? Like, yeah. Is, will they bring people from Rebels? Like, that was another thing people were saying. It's right. like, you're going to see some cameos from Rebels. Yeah, characters. which I would love to. Yeah. I mean, it'd be interesting. I just, but I loved the idea. And I think the trailer succeeds largely on pushing the idea that this is a Star Wars movie that's like, it's taking place in a different corner, even though it's, it's a familiar struggle. We're not, it's not about Luke. It's not about the Jedi. It's not about the Sith. Mm -hmm. It's about the ground troops. Basically. It's about like the rank and file and how they, uh, experienced this war. And that's cool to me. Like that's super exciting. And I love that. It's also a genre movie that it's, you know, on one level, it's just a, a, a basically a heist. You know? Yeah. And mm-hmm. like you get this wacky gang of characters, which I thought this, <laughs> the trailer could have given us a little more of that. You see, you sort of see some people, yeah. but you never get that like moment of like, you know, we got the acrobat and <laughs> the safe cracker. Yes. And the, yeah. you know, like, they're not about to like <laughs> knock over five casinos in Vegas <laughs> oh, at all. Yeah. yeah. Like I was kind of hoping for that. I didn't get it, but you do see a couple of shots of like where they're coming out of the hangar. You yeah, kind of yeah, get, you yeah. see them. Right. See There's them. a lot to take it. There's a lot of guys. I'm like, who's that dude with right. the backpack and the crazy gun? And I think yeah, he has yeah. dreads or something. <laughs> What's his story? He looked like a little bit from Conja Club. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. He yeah. may have yeah. been. Yeah. may have been like, maybe he's like the forefather of the Conja Club. <laughs> maybe the movie ends with, uh, you know, six months later and it's like, he went on to form yeah. Club. <laughs> just at the end, he just like stubs out his cigar and goes, screw this, I'm starting Conja Club. Yeah. <laughs> My name's Tasu Leach Senior. <laughs> oh, no. And then there's that samurai who like, yeah, Johnny, Johnny, seems yeah, to be right. just a samurai. He's not like a twist on a samurai. He's like literally <laughs> a samurai. Like, what's that all about? He got That's time right. scooped, I think. Yeah. Uh, he's, yeah, from Doctor Who, apparently. This is, very this is the first Star Wars time travel picture. <laughs> yeah. There's a well. theory 
though, about mm. who he is. What's this have, theory, Jennifer? Oh, uh, I don't me see. It. I don't watch Rebels. I'm I'm going to though because okay. I watched the finale and I was yeah, like, it's well, amazing. You, you oh, just jumped awesome. to the finale of season two. I couldn't resist. <laughs> Look, <laughs> I need enough. my dessert first. I will. Here's here's the first two seasons. Some cool stuff. Some puffer pigs and lessons about teamwork. You're caught up. Right. Yeah, and <laughs> farting right. Lots of farting. Cho- chopper the fart box. Don't forget right. the the um, hyperspace whales. It introduces a really great new line to canon that will get stuck in your head uh, that is coming up next on Disney XD. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's rumors that, yeah. uh, forgive me if I mis- mispronounce his name, Kanan. 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 That Donnie Yen's character is Kanan. Because supposedly Donnie Yen is, you know, blind. And yeah. I, I don't that know. Doesn't about, that doesn't quite track. Right? I don't think so. When I... When I had heard there was a blind character in Rogue One, and then when Kanan went blind, yeah. I thought, oh, okay. That's weird. Uh-huh. And then for it to be done again, I just, that would be a big leap. Huge, right? Yeah, yeah he's yeah. not yeah. even remotely not- Asian. So. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I wanted to ask you guys in there. general <laughs> about uh, uh, all the, there's so many theories. I was surprised that all of, a lot of the commentary that wasn't just uh, sexism uh, yeah. was yeah. Uh, about trying to connect characters to mostly The Force Awakens, right. some Rebels, some original mm-hmm. trilogy. But uh, do you guys want there to be connections? I kind of want there to yeah. just be one or two logical ones. Like, yeah. there should be some Rebels characters in the background because they work for the Rebellion in yeah. this time period. Yeah. Right. Other than that, I'm really happy to just be like, here are some side characters who aren't super important except in this moment. Yep. Right. Yep. That's what I wanted. Yep. But no, now that I've seen it, it did dawn on me because I'm I'm now I'm, I'm getting um, Snoke theory fatigue already. Like I feel like even <laughs> yep. just just in my own mind, it's not anyone else's fault. It's my own fault for obsessing yeah. over it. But like you know, the Rebels finale, I was immediately like, okay, Ezra is going to be Snoke then because right. he's he's obviously tapping into the dark side. Mm. He found that lightsaber that could end up being Kylo Ren's lightsaber. It's a lot of crazy stuff going on in there. And then I was like, no, that's a that's going to be a red herring. It's actually going to be somebody else. And my friend and I were arguing about it, and we ended up. <laughs> Thinking you that, should argue. Yeah, about this is important to argue about because he said, "You know the dude. I don't know the guy's name. I, I'm sorry, but in, in Empire Strikes Back, the guy that's holding what looks to be like an ice cream maker yeah, <laughs> on, on uh, Bespin. Oh yeah, his name oh. is uh, uh, is not appropriate. I remember, <laughs> <laughs> I remember looking at it and thinking that's funny. That name. Uh, you guys talk. I okay. look it up. Yeah, it's it's like that's that's how I know I'm not the I'm not at level ten with my fandom yet because <laughs> my college roommate is and has been my as long as I've known him he knew that guy's name immediately he's like that guy's gonna be Snoke he found the lightsaber like that oh, Luke wow. lost what? on Bespin and tried to become a Jedi and like didn't have the force power so he's like trying to find a surrogate to like manipulate and then somehow so then I was like okay I like your theory but wait a minute we already have a better candidate in that in that space and it's Lobot because he's already oh, bald so Lobot <laughs> finds the lightsaber he's like I'm gonna be a Jedi he tears off his his like weird yeah, what you if know, all the facial scarring is from it, trying to remove yeah, that? Just trying to get that thing off. His head. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, "How do you get this thing off?" But by taking it off, he goes insane, and that's how he becomes <laughs> evil. Wow! And uh, and then he ends up being Snow. And, yeah. and by the way, that character's name, which all you have to do is type in Star Wars character with ice cream maker, no. and several <laughs> options come up. Yeah. Will Roy Hood is his name. Yes, Will okay. Roy Hood. Yeah. Is his name? Of course, my friend Jim. Shout out to Jim Yost in New Jersey. Knew that off the top of his head. (laughs) Jim, we need you on the show. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so but but so what I was saying about the snow, like I kind of don't want. 
like because when I saw that dude in the cape, I was like, okay, here's another Snoke candidate. Yeah, but like oh, I would right. love there to just be nothing to do with that, you know. Although that to me now that guy's the front runner because I I think it would make sense for them. I could see the brain trust going, hey, let's introduce this guy Snoke. Everyone's gonna be trying to figure out who it is. Then we're gonna introduce a guy in, in um, Rogue One, and then that's gonna be the guy. And I, I, there's something sort of nice, but like I would rather be that than some obscure guy that we saw for five seconds and yeah, three I think they're just at this huge crossroads where they go the Marvel route where everything is kind of interconnected yeah. or they keep the trilogies really separate from the standalone movies and truly mm-hmm. make them standalone. But if we're so if there's a side character, fun. But if we're getting the actual backstory of Snoke or Ray's mother, then it's like, well, that's kind of part of the trilogy. Right. right that's a good exactly. Point. Yeah. They're yeah. doing it's uh, they're already making prequels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I want it parsed out in an appropriate number of these meaning these connections um, again. But I'm even hearing you talk, Matt, if, if suddenly I get a Snoke thing in here, I bet in the theater I'm going to be like, <laughs> that's so awesome. <laughs> yeah. um, no, no, it's true. Like, I love yeah. it and hate it all yeah. simultaneously. Yeah. I'm right there with you because. Yeah. I, I kind of like you, Joseph. I just would like this to be its own thing as part of the start of the rebellion, or even not even the start, yeah. but how they're maybe, maybe their first major victory. Um, I don't think Jen or so is Ray's mother. No. Uh, I don't want her to be. No. I don't want her to be her no. aunt, uncle, anything. No. Um, <laughs> I don't want her to even know what Ray is down the line. But at the same time, I, I, I do. It's got to be in the universe. So Mon Mothma. Uh, Crix Maydean can show up at one yeah. point. Ask Tarkin should show up on that yeah. date. Um, <laughs> a little Tarkin, um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, this is your, your almost Mambo number five. Yeah, some, <laughs> someone uh, a little Tarkin in our lives. And someone sent me a picture. Of what looks like in the background is General Jan Dodana. Oh right. Oh yeah. yeah I, I love all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't need it much more than that. However, I will be uh, overjoyed maybe that's the word i'm looking for when, when i see vader in action yeah i want mm-hmm. that i'm not afraid of that connection i love if you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery think again juvederm volux xc is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime even better this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment no maintenance required improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with juvederm volux xc for important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Yeah, I, I think one of the really cool things about the trailer is you could watch it and go, that's so Star Wars. And then somebody could go like, but there are no lightsabers, right? And you go, oh, wow. <laughs> and I, I think it's like an amazing magic trick to make it feel so Star Wars with no lightsaber. Right. And I like the idea of no Jedi because it means our characters are hopeless. But I'm yeah. happy to see Vader slaughter people. Yeah. <laughs> Thrilled. <laughs> Yeah, we if never half the movie is Vader slaughter. That's what the Rebels has kind of teased a little bit in the comics have given us a little bit with yeah. of what the movies never gave us, which is basically Vader in his prime, yeah. just kicking complete ass. And uh, I mean, like you see him kicks a fair amount of ass in the original trilogy, but he's all he's clearly already he's on the downslope of his life in some ways. Yeah, and right. um, and so to just yeah to just see him full power would be amazing. Yeah, because you're right, and by M- Empire is his peak, really, uh, and and by Jedi he's questioning things and re- yeah. ready for retirement. Right. Uh, right. Seems, so yeah, I do want to see Vader in his peak, and that's you know it just makes sense. If yeah. if something bad's going on, he's he's the Emperor's dog. He's going right. to go after him. You know, I I, I do think uh, that we might see an Inquisitor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Mads Mikkelsen could be an Inquisitor type of character, mm-hmm. and I'm okay with that kind of connection because the Inquisitors, I, I've talked about this before, the Inquisitors are, are, are a cool concept to me, but they came out of left field. And yeah, so they're not yeah. connected for me yet to the bigger picture. So I'm okay mm-hmm. if we get the 10th brother yeah. shows right. up there and it's Mad Mickelson or something like yeah, that. Yeah, but here's the, the, I'm getting more, uh, I have to accept the Inquisitors, so I'm trying yep. to look on the bright side. Yep. <laughs> Be a calm, patient Jedi like Obi-Wan Kenobi. But the Inquisitors are like, they're like Darth Vader pop-up ads. They just like pop up and block <laughs> me from Vader. And like, I, that Vader is the content I want, yeah. doing the things that the Inquisitors <laughs> want. And I understand yeah. narratively, they can't just have like, every week the Rebels fail again because Vader showed up and they barely <laughs> escape with their lives get bad, right. get I understand bad. but if they're preserving and Filoni's just said that like we're preserving how amazing Vader is he's got bigger mm-hmm. fish to fry than yeah. our characters hmm. then I want to see him 
Yeah, that's frying those fish. I understand the need for the Inquisitors. I accept the need for them. What I don't like is how underdeveloped they are. Like yes. they, they just haven't told us enough about what their deal is for us to really latch onto them. So they just seem like, you know, basically they're just tools for the storytellers yeah. to be like, hey, w- these guys need to be stopped right here. Just throw a couple of those guys in there. And, the, and then, <laughs> yeah. the, you know, the lightsaber, they're just in general uh, on Rebels, the lightsaber duels are like, they aren't that satisfying. They're a little uh-huh. too slick and, and like, uh-huh. you know, like, I don't know, like it's, it's weird. But going from Force Awakens back to Rebels, I was a little like, oh, <clears throat> this is a huge step down in terms of what I, you know, like as a kid and even watching Force Awakens, what was great about it is like it tapped into what I loved about lightsaber duels. It's like you feel the kinetic energy mm-hmm. of it and you're like it, it's it's hard like there's not it's not like easy to swing those things around right, right. and you right. feel that and and of course in rebels it's just like wee 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 they're just doing everything <laughs> yeah. with them like yeah. willy nilly like it's like they're like they're like toys and so that yeah. it, it's not that satisfying yeah I agree with that there and the inquisitors again a cool concept there's something there but it didn't like it didn't really click the grand inquisitor didn't quick click for me until yeah. it was uh, after his death we learned he used to be a Jedi Temple Guard I'm like okay now we have something yeah right. now he's a character but uh, I know you're not going to reveal that from the beginning but we, he, he, you killed him off before we learned this and so uh, I don't I, I just haven't bought into him yet either but I will if they're connected on screen mm-hmm. because again if it hits, mm. the, hits the screen for me I can kind of as a Star Wars nerd and that nerd bubble <laughs> can accept it a little bit more because like you the comics are great I talk about it on Spotlight Star Wars I do love the n- new Marvel canon but it's still comic book stuff and yeah. the Vader the yeah. Vader stuff gets pretty crazy yeah, yeah. I kind of bailed oh, on it when uh-huh, it got to that right. weird killing floor where he was yeah. like the Emperor was sending a bunch of yep. ne'er-do-wells in his face yeah. I was like okay yep. this is out of control like, yeah. I can <laughs> take a step back from this the, the Mon Calamari Grievous <laughs> yeah I yeah. yeah it was so a little absurd. much for me it was so absurd yeah. uh, Jennifer what, what do you need what is your needs from Rogue One I think I, they've, they're, they've been met <laughs> I mean honestly after watching that trailer I did not miss the Jedi and I kind of was like, you know, I don't. I personally did not even really need to see that much Vader. This is what this is what I was thinking for the film. I'm like, you know, I'm I'm okay with just seeing him at the end. But now that you guys are talking, it would be really cool to see him in his prime. Mm-hmm. So my question is then that shot that we see with oh, the, yeah. the royal guards, right? Yeah. Is the Emperor there? Who is that cloaked figure? Are we assuming that it's Vader? Are we assuming... It's I don't think that's Vader. No, right? vader no. no. He had a hood. He had a yeah. hood. Yeah. So, uh... <laughs> Sorry. Look, it's one of those moments where I'm like, I'm nearly 40. I'm like, the Vader didn't have a yeah. hood. Well, I know he doesn't have a hood. Why would he put a hood up over his helmet? Maybe he's in disguise. I don't know. What kind of idiot would put a hood over a helmet? Oh, sorry, Kylo. Sorry, I didn't see you there. Kilo, right? We'll talk about that. Right, I digress. No, no, no. No. I know, but yeah, know. so just, uh, are, so you're excited to like figure out who those mystery characters are. Uh, yeah, and and I'm also wrestling with the fact where I I don't I like that these are new characters, and I don't mind not seeing the old yeah. characters. I don't need to see that much. Yeah. It was like with the Force Awakens with Luke, I'm a huge Luke fan. But just that shot at the end mm-hmm. was enough for me. Mm-hmm. You know, now we'll get him in episode eight. So, mm-hmm. I, and I feel like it's important for the anthology series to be very distinct from the main saga. Yeah. I think it frees things up. I think it frees things up in terms of tone. You know, with a Han Solo film, I think that they can mm-hmm. really push the envelope with that and not give us something that, that we're used to. Um, and I think that they're doing that with Rogue One. So, again... I don't know if I really need to see that much. Yeah, I mean, like, it would be undeniably cool, but I think I'm with you. Like, I, I would actually respect it more if they could 
do the whole movie without any lightsabers. Like yeah. literally yeah. just mm. get through the whole thing. No Vader, no lightsabers, no Jedi. And just be, hey, this, it is what it is. And it's going to stand on its own. Like I think from the trailer, I think it's going to be able to stand on its own. Mm-hmm. I don't think it needs that. And it would almost feel like, like, uh, like they were insecure about like, oh, can we really, mm-hmm. can this movie really stand, uh, you know, without bringing a major character in like that? Um, so I don't know. Like I'm kind of hoping it doesn't happen. Here's my pitch for Vader. All right. we, the, the whole movie happens. There's no Vader. Our heroes obviously succeed. They steal the Death Star plans. Uh, they all survive. It's a strange, happy ending. Credits. At the very end, Vader just walks in and slaughters every hero. <laughs> <laughs> just mercilessly. Just as a button. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Yeah. Happy holidays. That, is that the end credit scene? Yeah, the it's at the very end. Very yeah, end. So most people have left the theater. And then like everybody's like, that was great. They're picking up their drinks. And then just, <laughs> he just slaughters them. Oh, no. Space shawarma. Yep. <laughs> Death shawarma. Yeah. Yeah. You. Can yeah. I just say, I don't, I, if, if we're going to wrap up the Rogue One talk, maybe we're not, but uh, great casting of uh, that Imperial Commander, George W. Bush, perfect yeah. Imperial <laughs> Commander, so right on the money. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Ben Mendelsohn. Yeah. Is ben that ben who it is? Yeah, that's oh, yeah. yeah. I couldn't, it's funny because like, I forgot he was in it and yeah. I couldn't really tell, but he has a real W look when, he's, <laughs> when his head is down. He does. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that is amazing. Yeah. As, uh, as Can we just settle this now? I don't think for a second that that is Grand Admiral Thrawn. No, no we know him. Him. Yeah, it's it not might not be another Grand like. Admiral, or as right. you said in your video, Jennifer, which by the way I watched. Okay. And you should all go to Jennifer's YouTube uh, <laughs> channel to break uh, her excellent breakdown of the Rogue One trailer. You're right; it's it's the security guys, uh, right? From, from uh, in the white uniforms from from A New Hope. Yeah, yeah, oh, I yeah. think so. I yeah. think so. Um, I don't think it's that that particular. Some people are saying, "Oh, it's that guy." What's his name? Will Will. Gosh, Will, Will Roy Hood. No, it's, not, it's another Will. It's another Will. It's all ice cream um, machines. They're saying it's, it is that specific guy from A New Hope. I don't think that that's him. I think that that'd be no, a big jump. No. He's too he's too major of a character in this film. They wouldn't do that. Yeah. Um, well, the last thing I'll say about Rogue One, and then I think we can move on to yeah. the the Blu-ray, is I'm I'm so thrilled to, to see Mon Mothma. Uh, yeah. I didn't realize, uh, and I was pleasantly surprised that the whole internet blew up over Mon Mothma. Yeah, right. I think there was just something really powerful as a uh, older person that she just has that weight of yeah. that great contrast with your young heroes who are going to kick ass. Or she's just like, uh, she says so much in that two seconds of just like, I've been there. I've done that. I know <laughs> it's not going to be as yeah. easy as, yeah, okay. Yeah. And I just love spending time with characters like yeah, knowing characters like yeah. that, smart characters. So I hope we get a ton of Mon well, Mothma. Well, and it's Mon Mothma's time to take her credit as a <laughs> as a character who helped build this rebellion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, Jedi was great, uh, but I think we all, especially if you saw it in the theater or saw it as you grew up, um, it was like I thought Princess Leia was in charge. Yep. Right. Nope. Nope. There's other people. Okay. Yeah. And so uh, I think this is her time to shine. Yeah. yeah. I don't think she's going to be in the movie all the way, but I, I want to see. You know, I want to see Mon Mothma. Yeah. Oh, front front and center. Um, yeah. I have to bring one other thing yeah, in, yeah, yeah. this is I'll throw this to the group uh, again my college roommate Jim brought this up on Facebook and I, I'd love to get your guys thoughts on this uh, we see the dish being installed on the Death Star, yeah. which directly contradicts the end of Episode Three when we see the unfinished Death Star yeah. already dish in place. Does right. this mean that they are subtly sweeping the prequels aside? That they're they're basically negating what we've seen? Oh, wow. so to me, I have very simple headcanon for this. Okay, it took 19 years to build the Death Star. <laughs> I think they got it like a quarter of the way done, and they're like. Damn, like we put the support beams in the wrong place. <laughs> take that dish off. Burn it down. <laughs> take it off. They also establish in Rebels just out of the blue is like a side comment like, oh, the Geonosians are all dead. 
Uh, and it's established in the book Tarkin that Gian, the Geonosians were building right. the Death Star. So right. I like that. Huh. I think maybe uh, maybe something happened with the first draft. Yeah, and they had to start over. Well, we uh, so <laughs> myself and some other people were joking in response to that post that. Um, that it's just like it's like you it just like with your car you have to rotate your dish every fifty thousand parsecs. <laughs> <laughs> so like they weren't installing it; they had just taken it off to rotate it and put it back. It. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. Now, wouldn't it be amazing Simple if they man. had completed an entire Death Star without anybody knowing it, and then like the first time it fired, it just blew up the whole Death Star? <laughs> <laughs> and the Palpatine was just like, "Son of a bitch, <laughs> start over again." We it again, and then maybe that's why the Genosians. Are gone. Yeah, because they they, yeah. they blew themselves up. Palpatine they were, they or Palpatine just said, wipe them out. All yep. of them. Take all, they built that thing wrong. Yeah. Man, we're getting to some Kevin Smith clerks level <laughs> yeah. breakdown. Which is great. Go to Pablo Hidalgo's uh, Twitter feed because yeah. people were inundating him with that question, and he was just like, yeah, it was it was really fascinating mm-hmm. to Pablo's to watch. been a little. He's been a little saucy this week. He has been he, a little saucy. He's been taking some hits though because somebody yeah. sent him a meme with that, yes, and it exactly. wasn't was with it. any sort of sense yeah. of humor or fun. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, and then the bottom like picture was a caption basically saying like, oh, so I guess you really did blow up expanded universe to make things more consistent. Right. Good uh, job. So like, right, come yeah. on. He's, yeah. Uh, yeah, I've, I've met him. I love, I love him and Leland Chi's work, but he, he took some shot at us uh, at Screen Junkies this week over our Force Awakens, uh, Force Awakens uh, uh, Honest trailer. Oh. Yeah. He called us low hanging fruit. What? <laughs> I think he's had a rough week. I'm willing well, to forgive. I mean, I, I, looking at his Twitter feed, I really yeah. felt for him. Yeah. I'm like, no, I mean, I, I get it. I get it. I admire him that he's actually even acknowledging some of these these yeah, uh, questions yeah, and comments you know? it's true because like he's getting like is this star wars band-aid canon i mean yeah. like he's yeah. getting it's pounded rough but been a rough week like i said i get yeah. it I get where he's coming that's from. a that's a tough job because for, for my money i'm like great i don't care if you just completely disown the prequels but yeah. like he has to stand by everything and right. like does. and yeah. and, right. and account for all of it and it's yeah. like oh man like okay. it's weird but yeah that 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 was i actually when he's because i didn't think of that but but when I saw that post, I was like, yeah, you know what? Cool. Let's just start over. Let, yeah. This is like the new prequel, basically. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to rewrite this. So Rogue One comes out December of this year. Yeah. We've got a long time to wait. It's going to be fun. I'm sure we'll all see it uh, just as many times as we saw The Force Awakens yeah. in the theater, because I think it is going to be just as good. And in maybe some ways, eclipse it in, in little tiny ways, where Force Awakens was big, wide, broad strokes, this might uh, have a chance to grab us on a different level, which could be interesting to see as we start the Star Wars standalone movies, a Star Wars story, as they're called. Oh, by the right. way, that was the only thing I didn't like about the trailer. I don't like a Star Wars story. Star Wars story. No, it's kind of yeah. corny. Like, yeah. It's a little weird. I call it the Rogue One, a Star Wars fantasy tale of lore. <laughs> I guess I didn't think they were actually say anthology like in the title, yeah. but I just think, you don't have to say anything. I mean, I guess they do because for marketing. Yeah, there, yeah, I guess yeah. there's some people. Uh, I, I've met them un- unaware that this yeah. is. Uh, this it is should out, be like so. yeah, Rogue One colon. We don't have any sequels planned now, <laughs> yeah. but we'll see. Unless you really like Jenner, so you like her, we'll give. Got some YA novels lined up. Yeah, I'm, sure, <laughs> I'm sure they do. I'm yeah. sure they do. So the Force Awakens uh, came out just in uh, December 2015, and unlike 
our childhoods. Uh, <laughs> the DVD, Blu-ray, digital release is already out. There was a time, children, that you'd have to wait 18 <laughs> months for the VHS tape to hit the streets at an $80 price tag. Now you can watch the movie in the comfort of your own home. And uh, as we all have done this week, uh, The Force Awakens Blu-ray hit the streets on Tuesday. The digital download on Friday, April 1st. Uh, first question to you guys here. Did anyone get the digital download first or did you wait for the hard stuff? I did. You did? I, oh, you did? Oh, you did. I wasn't going to. And then yeah. I Friday rolled around. I was like, I cannot wait five more days for this. <laughs> for just for the book. I just wanted to see the documentary stuff. I didn't really. Yeah. Like, right. I wasn't even. I'd seen the movie five times and I wasn't rig- raring to see it again. I just was really itching to watch that stuff. So I, I buckled down and yeah. No one would blame you. <laughs> no one would. And then blame I still you. had to buy the Target Blu-ray yeah, to get right. the extra stuff. Which I did is too. Ridiculous. But I actually, <laughs> I did feel like it was kind of worth it. Like I those two, ex- the extra twenty minutes was great. Is it, yeah. I haven't watched it yet. Is it on this disc here? It's uh, not even on a no, disc. No, it's not on a disc. Uh, I spent yeah, about forty-five minutes <laughs> signing up for eight hundred Disney emails <laughs> in order to access uh, what at first I thought was just one deleted scene that is fifty-nine seconds long, and then I, and but then I realized there is. Uh, there's two other little mini features, so it's okay. yeah, it's about 20 minutes of extra content when you get the uh, the target version. Wait, like, what's the extra deleted yeah, scene? I wasn't I wasn't aware. Of that's that. the Han <laughs> in Maz's basement in the tunnel. Oh, oh capturing that's, the that's, oh. In the, that's also in the digital version, though. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. Like if you bought it on iTunes or whatever, you'd get that. Too. Okay. Yeah. So that yeah. Uh-huh. So I got that yeah. from. We live in a confusing time. It's very confusing. Yeah, yeah, it was, very, I, was, I was on my porch shaking my fist at clouds uh, <laughs> today when I was doing this. It's, I kind of missed that VHS tape that night. Yeah. Except <laughs> to the point. Yeah. It's amazing how something this big could still be so confusing and muddled. Like, yeah. it, you, you'd think it would be, like, very easy to figure out, what am I getting for each thing? Like, what do I, like yeah. my wife went to Target, and she was like, which one? Like, there's yeah. two things at Target, even. Like, does the yeah. uh, does the cheaper Target one have the two extra things? Actually, right. I don't think it does. It, it doesn't. doesn't. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it took me a lot of staring to figure that out. Yeah. 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 So I, I didn't, I uh, waited for the, the disc because I like physical media. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like, I understand we can't always have it, but I feel like things like this that are a big release are... Yeah. important if we want it to stay around at all. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to get the physical media. Me too. Jennifer? Yeah, I was r- confused. I think I still am. <laughs> <laughs> I pre-ordered it on Amazon. I got that. And then I learned about the Target version that has yeah. extra content. I'm like, oh, crap. So I go down to the Target and I get this. Mm-hmm. This is the one, right? That's, That's the one. Yes, the, the extra. Okay, yeah. so yeah. I like the cover. I've already yeah. cast aside my Amazon one. It's got the six <laughs> promo features of yeah. uh, people putting things in Although front of their eyes. Oh, like there's something about the clean look of the other version cover that yeah. I almost like a little better. Yeah. <laughs> it's like weird, yeah. Oh. Like like I I like a clean just like boom. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is pretty cool. And this just compositionally, cool. everyone is staring at you. Leia is directing your eye inward, but then BB-8 is in one corner saying, "Just look away." <laughs> <laughs> and he wasn't one of those posters, so that's also already a weird like. Oh, well, yeah. throw this guy in. That's here. already them going. Hey, he was the most popular character. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you you went and got this one at Target. So right, and then I I had. Two digital downloads that comes with that insert, right? And so yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I thought I watched everything. What is this additional content? The, these two scenes. Is it two uh, scenes? No, it's two featurettes. Yeah. One is the about the weapons of Star Wars, uh, just how they how they made the blasters and everything. And then the other one is like a ten minute interview with John Boyega and, and Daisy Ridley, yeah, it's just, which is actually pretty good. Yeah, it's just oh. them being uh, almost infuriatingly charming. Yes, oh, just yeah. like He's, oh, yeah. ridiculous. I love, yeah, I love them together. Yeah, but I think so honestly, for me, almost all of the bonus content, the stuff that you can only get digitally, and the stuff that's on the Blu-ray, it all feels like those are actually just deleted from the main 
mm. uh, documentary. Documentary. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It does because feel like they could have all... made a feature documentary and that was it, but they wanted to make it feel like you were getting more. So they're like, oh, yeah. here's a 70 minute documentary and then 40 minutes of this other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, it's just one movie, isn't it? Yeah. So now we've all watched this at home now. So is the experience, uh, it's obviously different, but emotionally, is there any kind of different feel you had from watching it in the comfort of your own home and not seeing it in the big screen? I still like seeing the theater more. I mean, sure. so there's so even like even when it was not a full theater, like by the end of the run, and I saw it like the last time I saw it, it was mm-hmm. half full. There's just something about the, just yeah. being completely uh, having it envelop you, basically, yeah. um, mm-hmm. that you can't recreate. I mean, I, I love the ability, like you were saying before, I love the ability to to look at little things and like watch that. Um, mm-hmm. Raise vision, for example, like really get in yeah. on that and like try to see every little moment. Um, but but yeah, it's a, it's a it's a theater experience. One of the great things about this movie, I think, is that it plays so well to a crowd, and and yeah. so I I feel like that's the way it it's meant to, meant to be seen, sort of. Yeah, yeah. I missed a, a couple of those big cheer moments, yeah. and I and I missed a couple of those applauding moments. But then at the same time, I had sort of uh, different reactions uh, with my wife, like when BB-8 uh, put his little lighter thumbs up up. We both thumbs up to the screen, and we <laughs> hadn't discussed you. it. Yeah, <laughs> and it was just sort of like that's weird, and we couldn't have done that. In the theater. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could have, like, if, but if it becomes like a yeah. Rocky Everyone. Horror Picture Show kind of thing, like, <laughs> right. yeah, BB-8. Uh, so there were a couple little moments uh, like that. Mm. Uh, and I did urinate once during the movie, which was wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Finally uh, have that chance. Yeah, yeah. finally have that chance, because I will never do that in a movie theater. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard not to. Uh, uh, oh Jennifer, goodness. you, seen it uh, on the small screen at home. Yeah. How did it change it for you? Yeah, you know, um, I do. I did miss the audience experience. I like watching it with fellow fans. There's something really special yeah. about that as opposed to alone in my living room. Um, <laughs> which, you know, now it's kind of feeling a little bit more like the original trilogy. You know, I mm. pop it in, I just relax, and, you know, it's it feels good. Like Maz, a warm blanket. Yeah. <laughs> you know, envelop me. So... Yeah. yeah, you know what's funny is I watched the the features the first night, and uh, we'll we'll talk about the the documentary. I joke and say fluff. It was actually really good, but uh, it it skipped a lot of stuff for me that I'm waiting to get the real story on. Yeah. Chris Taylor, when are you writing your next book? Come on! <laughs> uh, but it was so funny. The next night, so Wednesday or even Thursday, uh, I had come home from work. And suddenly occurred to me that I could watch The Force Awakens. Yeah. <laughs> like I hadn't been aware. Yeah. I was like, I watched the documentary. That's great. I'm like, oh, wait. I could put in The Force Awakens and just watch this movie. Um, but unfortunately, one of the first things that happened is I got busy making dinner, doing dishes, whatever. And I, I missed most of Ray on Jakku, which is some of my favorite parts. <laughs> yeah. So oh, I right. can't wait to go back and watch it now the eighth time. But yeah. uh, I was a little bummed. I was like, oh, did this already turn to a background movie? Like sometimes I just put on mm. Sith in the background. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying that Sith is on the level of Force Awakens people, but I mean, just like... I'm like, oh, well, it's already it's already a familiar friend, which is a good thing. Yeah, right, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I think familiar friend is maybe the best way to say yeah, it. Exactly. I don't I don't do background movies. If I'm watching yeah. a movie, I'm watching the movie. Yeah. I never watch anything in the background. But yeah. the way I watch Star Wars movies now is: is there a, a scene or a moment that I can pick out a little thing that I've never seen or I've never fully appreciated or turned around in my brain? And it was cool to be getting to that level of The Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I didn't. I tried not to do that too much in the theater because I wanted that communal experience. So it was fun to watch it at home feeling like now it's a star wars movie because i'm not paying attention to the main thing i'm trying to see if that guy in the corner ever blinks you know (laughs) yeah 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 Yeah, i kind of uh i almost feel like i like i I was excited that it was coming out so quickly but i almost felt like i needed more time also because i saw it five times in the theater but like yeah like i almost like it was almost too much of a good thing like i want to i want some space away from it 
but I actually had, didn't watch it all the way through on, on, on DVD yet because mm-hmm. I, I just kind of feel like, let me let it rest for a while. And I want to, ret- I want to revisit it when it's not so fresh in my mind and mm-hmm. actually, uh, have more of a, have it impact me more than it would now because now I'm just so it's mm-hmm. like so in my head already. It's like what what else am I going to get out of it? I don't I don't want to get bored with it. I guess that's my main thing. I yeah. never want to feel right. bored. Hundred percent agree. When I, I I saw the movie, I think six times in theaters, and I was going to see it again. I was like, I'm yeah. going to beat. I saw Phantom Menace eight times in the theater. I'm going to beat it out of spite. And I stopped. <laughs> I petered out. And one of the reasons was is I I heard the release date was April fifth, and I was like, right. well, that's like a couple weeks. Yeah, yeah. Right. I can hang on. And so I do kind of agree with you, Matt, where it's like. Wait a little bit. They're not. We're patent right. now. We're in this nope. age of, of money making, uh, yeah. the, the, the big business of it all. Uh, it's not going to happen. But uh, yeah, if it had come out in November. Yeah. It would have been, then enough time would have passed where I would have been excited to watch it again. Whereas yeah. now I'm kind of like, I'm good. I'm, I, yeah. I really, ex- I was really excited about everything but the actual film itself on this package. Like, <laughs> yeah. Because it was just like, I want to delve into the making and, and all yeah. the other stuff that is, I do think is, is really fun to watch. And, and uh, there's a lot of good tidbits in there. And all the deleted scenes, Joseph. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Should we go into some of that? Yeah. I just got to say I was shocked by the deleted scenes uh, okay. because I, the descriptions of them, it almost takes longer to read the description of them <laughs> than actually to watch them. Yeah, this yeah. is a real ripoff. Yeah. That, that yeah. was a rip off. Yeah. This is like total bait and switch. Like yeah. you feel like you, I almost feel like there's going to be another box set in a year that yes. has more like the rest of those scenes because there's right. like they're like half scenes. They're like, mm-hmm. what the hell happens in the basement? Yes, it is right. one quarter portion of the deleted <laughs> scene, right? Yeah. It's actually like narrative. You, yeah. If we hadn't read the background as big geeks and know what's going on with that snow speeder right. Uh, right. fight, you'd just be like, what? What is this? Why is she wearing his jacket? Yeah, it didn't answer the question of why she's wearing her jacket. The yeah. million dollar question of The Force Awakens. <laughs> right. yep. uh, yeah, the, the only one that landed for me it was Kylo on the Falcon. Mm-hmm. And that was just because I felt like it was the only one that truly had an impact on Star Wars lore. Yeah. Because... We had the shot in the actual movie of Kylo turning and sensing Han Solo and just saying Han Solo, which to me in my head canon means, oh, wow, he's so connected to his father. He can sense him even though his father isn't force sensitive. Right. Normally we only sense other force sensitive people. And then the whole being on the Falcon Mm -hmm. and realizing his father's there because the ship is there and connecting Mm -hmm. like that's a whole different take. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I felt so I was excited by that one and the rest all just felt. Yeah, that that's yeah. the only scene I felt that could have been in the movie. Still, I, I I'm okay with it not being in the movie. Uh, these are truly deleted scenes for a reason, yes. uh, which is often the case, of course. Yeah. But uh, every once in a while, you get some cool stuff in some movies. Um, but for me, and, and and man, you read the the novel like I did, yeah. and this scene is in the novel, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, if I'm recalling right, and it I interpreted it and it carried a different weight to me than when I actually saw it. I was like, oh, it didn't play. I took it as he kind of sees, goes on and sees maybe a life he could have had. There's some weight to it, some conflict. Mm-hmm. And this one, he's kind of like, yep, he's here. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Well, it's real hard with the mask on, like, to, to get yeah. real complicated with his, what his motivation is. Like, it, yeah. it's not very Fair clear enough. at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, um, I, I, I think I, um, I just wanted that scene where Chewbacca rips Unkar Plutt's arms yeah. off. Like, that's yeah. really all I wanted. Yeah. You I wanted could have given that. me no documentaries, no featurettes, no other police scenes. Just show me those arms get ripped off. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been incredible. <laughs> yeah, if it, it was just the actual arm ripping <laughs> yeah. and nothing else. It's just 10 seconds. <laughs> and that's it. Great. I'm happy. Thank My you. arm. <laughs> oh, one quarter arm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
um, what about that documentary? Let's talk about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's let's dig into that there. I, I joke and say fluff piece. Again, I get it. It's Lucasfilm. It's Disney. They're going to uh, put their own, own story out there. But they, Empire of Dreams, though, it does leave a lot out. That's a great documentary. Mm-hmm. The one on Phantom Menace is still my favorite documentary because there's no narration. It's yes, just – And you can yes. see Rick McCallum's face uh, several times go, what are we doing? Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and just right. yeah, yeah. swearing with his eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, but this one, I guess, I know, I don't know. Give me a minute, at least something, a little conversation about Harrison breaking yeah. his leg. Yeah, no that, kidding. Yeah, Ooh. it felt, yeah, I turned to my wife and was like, come on. She's like, what are you talking about? Like, they're not covering his leg breaking, especially after they did that great, huge buildup to how important it was that he was there. Mm, yeah, right. I felt like it teetered on honesty, and I feel like that's always the problem with these kind of uh, documentaries. When they, they come out too close to the actual film, no one's willing to be honest about the rough stuff yet. Ah. And the, yes. that was the most intriguing thing to me about this, is that it had these brief, shining moments of it might start to be a little bit honest about the hard moments or the scary moments, and then it didn't. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite parts was... Uh, when they were discussing preparing for Han's death and they had that uh, little line from Kathleen Kennedy where you just said, let's see how people react to that. And like, oh, that's so interesting to know yeah. you guys were afraid. Did you fight? And like, was there right. anything there? But nope, that's it. Ah, yep, yep, right. Yep, that's why uh, I make that fluff comment because there's a lot of, it's just, it's, I, I make the, uh, it's WWE puts out a lot of great documentaries about their wrestlers and stuff, but they they write their own history. Yeah. So you get to hit, you know, they come out the crowning champions in their own story when you know there was more to it. So this had a little bit of that to me where, uh, yep, we just knew what we were going to do. And they, they touched upon Michael Arndt. Yeah. Um, oh, that's, yeah. That's three chapters right. in a book. Yeah, the, fa- yeah, the yeah. fact that they mentioned him because they felt like they had to give yes. him a nod, but then mm. it's like, well, he didn't have the time or whatever. It's like, well. It's almost, they almost, <laughs> she almost walked up to the line of saying he was not writing fast enough. She implied yes, that he was right. not writing fast enough. Yes. And, that, and at that point, I was like, wow, knives are coming out. Now it's getting yeah, dirty. Yeah, like, what it, no. the phrasing is something like, he needs two to three years. It's like, okay. But, well, all right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I look, I I was just excited because I was just taking it all in. Kind of like sure. the first yeah. time I saw the movie itself. I was just like soaking up all the information yep. that they were giving me, no matter what it was. I was like, yes, yes, thank you. Um, but yeah, looking back on it, it's like there, there's definitely more to the story. It almost It's interesting that, the, that it literally starts with the actors saying, oh, we can talk about this? Because it yeah. did, the whole thing yeah. has, a, has a feel of like, we're not sure we're allowed to be saying any of this right, right. now. Right. Yes. Like it's, they're still, even though they know what it's for, they still like are, being very reserved because of yep. such there's so much secrecy so i get it um maybe those things will shake loose a little bit as they yeah. move on with the trilogy and so. they can do more could, stuff i like mean that. we yeah. didn't even get mark hamill going i thought it was cool i had no lines or anything yeah like no that. Right. no t- like, yeah i don't know what he thought of it yeah you know i'm so disney brainwashed i did work there for five years <laughs> uh, number one i didn't even think about that i mm-hmm. just thought oh this is just gonna be a nice little behind the scenes because i know disney and i yeah. know how they work and they are not gonna let anything sure. negative be shown yeah. it really yeah. almost has to be a documentary that un, you know a documentary team uh, outside yeah. of disney yeah. almost does like an I don't want to say an expose, but kind of more of an mm-hmm. expose word. They're more sure. they're more objective. Yeah. Um, but I definitely got that sense of like tension and and uncertainty. Are we, how how much are we allowed to say? Because yeah. they mm-hmm. uh, yeah they run there a tight ship. Serious business. Direct shade on the prequels twice 
in uh, both the documentary and all of the other bonus stuff. Mm. Because they one person just said, you can't have a Star Wars uh, movie that's not on film. I'm like, well, there yeah, are two yeah. that <laughs> are not on film. Yep. Mm. And like, I mean, the whole thing had the normal talking point of, like, sure. we're going to go back to the original, we're all the practical. Old ways, yeah. So like, that wasn't too bad. But then the whole uh, Chewie's costume just ignored the fact that there was a Chewie costume right. 10 years ago three, yeah. in Revenge of the Sith. And they're just talking about it like, yeah. We had no idea how his costume was made well, back in 1977. Right, yeah. <laughs> even so the, it's like, yeah. it, it's borderline negative. Yeah, toward, e- even with the R2 stuff. Where like I, one of my favorite stories in there is the fact that these fans who yeah. build their own droids got to be a part of the yeah. movie by yes. because they, and the story was, if you haven't seen it, anyone out there, the, the fact that he, like this guy just like went up to Kathleen Kennedy at a fan celebration and was like, hey, if you ever make another movie, give me a call. And then three months later, she emailed him and was like, we're making another movie. We need your help. <laughs> and so he got to yeah. build, build the r2 you see in the movie but it's like we had an r2 like you said there was an r2 10 years ago yeah. what happened yeah. to that r2? a lot of them yeah. yeah like what's going on why do you need to rebuild it from scratch it's still it's still ilm and still lucasfilm like yeah. don't they have this stuff <laughs> yeah it, it almost feels like if anything came in the door from the prequels like it needed to be like washed in something that was from the original <laughs> yeah. trilogy like we need to rub this on a piece of the original set before it can yeah. cross our door yeah. that'd be great if they said like we were going to use the r2 from episode three but obviously he was in the bonfire of all the stuff from the prequels that we, <laughs> we destroyed them because we don't want to remember those things yeah you guys watch all the other featurettes too the little ones there yeah yeah, yeah. 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 the creature one amazing mm-hmm. i could watch that yeah. i could watch an hour and a half on just that stuff because yeah. it's yeah. so cool to watch the, uh, Go ahead. no no. I, I liked uh, there was in the main documentary too as well. I think or, uh, where basically like hey JJ said go out and make stuff. I'm not saying everything's going to be in the movie, but mm-hmm. it's like a little competition. Yeah, show me what you got. Yeah, and it, and I think that worked out well because we got some great stuff mm-hmm. in in this movie that that was new to the Star yeah. Wars universe. Yeah, I, I, I as much as I was upset that it didn't go a little bit deeper, a little bit nastier. I do think it told a pretty fun human story, and you got to see uh, some sparks of of realness from especially like the actors like. Daisy Ridley saying that she thought she was in trouble after the table read. That that was a lot of little powerful moments. But overall, I felt like it was it had the main documentary in particular had that great reflection of how the story of Star Wars has become the story of Star Wars in real life. Mm -hmm. Uh, In in particular, that not only the it happened a long time ago and now it really did happen a long time ago (laughs) that is in the actual movie, but the master apprentice relationship where they're like just explicitly being like everyone's going to phase out and we need new yeah. people. I thought that mm. th- yeah. that was really powerful and yeah. I think had some like powerful human moments. Well, I loved the story of the guy who had worked on Jedi because his dad was in the art yes. department oh, yeah. and yeah. He, was, he was 17 at the time and now he's working on Force Awakens and he's looking in a book for some reference and he's like, oh, here's my dad's drawing of the snowspeeder. Like, th- cool. And then you see, and then he, they interview his dad too and he's like, oh, it was so cool to hear that he was like looking at my work and like that stuff, Yeah. first of all, made me wish I had grown up in England because yeah. <laughs> Why can't I work on Star Wars? That sounds awesome. Well, it's my but, dad doing. <laughs> yeah, what the hell? But uh, yeah, that th- that stuff is great. Like the other great anecdote is the thing about the uh, Harrison Ford talking about the switches in the Millennium Falcon yeah. and not yeah. having springs in them because they didn't have the money for s- switches with springs. <laughs> yeah, they loved the guy, there was a guy who ran into him at a store. Yeah, <laughs> they were at the yeah they were at the supermarket or something. He was like, and he introduced him. He's like, hey, I'm working on Star Wars, and he was like, get switches with get the springs with the switches in them. 
<laughs> yeah. This is a lot of great Ford com, uh, commentary because I feel like yeah. he kind of closed it out at the end. Is the classic grumpy guy about Star Wars being like, yeah. okay, I was wrong. It has this generational power. He doesn't say he was wrong, yeah. but he sort of, uh, you know, Harrison Ford explains <laughs> <laughs> why Star Wars is powerful and how clearly he came around to that viewpoint. Yeah. yeah he basically says it like, I never thought I'd do this again. He's basically just going to yeah. come out. I was kind of impressed with his, like, I expected, I mean, I, they wouldn't put it in there if he was truly grumpy yeah. and negative about it, but I kind of, I felt like he was, maybe it's, it's maybe he's uh, sort of putting on rose-colored glasses about his own history with mm-hmm. the franchise, but it kind of felt like he was saying, it wasn't that I didn't like it, it just felt like it didn't need to go on with me. Like, right. And, right. And, and I actually have come to respect his opinion about the character of Han Solo, yeah. because particularly because they did it so they 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 killed him off so fittingly in this movie. Mm-hmm. I, I I mean, I would have been if they had killed him off in Jedi. I don't know what if, I probably wouldn't be here today. <laughs> 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 I'd be like, fuck this, fuck everything. <laughs> uh, but um, but like, so I'm glad they didn't do that. But I, I'm starting to understand why he thought that needed to happen yeah. now, and I kind of respect the fact that he's like a real. He gives a shit about story. Like yeah. that's impressive yeah. to me because like mm-hmm. most actors, they're just like. I'm going to go along, you know, yeah, do keep me alive. Yeah. 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 I want to be in the next and one. And it yeah. kept that theme in the documentary of the master in the apprentice going, because he was saying about Jedi and force awakens. I wanted to die in a way that propelled other people. That forward. helped the story. Yeah. yeah. That, that helped everything. Yeah. And that's, and he said exactly how I felt about that choice, which is that it's so powerful. It's, it, there's no more powerful way to establish a, a villain than to have him kill his own father. And, uh, P.S. His father is our favorite character, basically, or like <laughs> yeah. one of three favorite characters. So, yeah. like that to me uh, justified it and made it made the movie that much stronger because it was like, bam! Not only did you have the balls to do it, but you did it for a reason. You didn't yeah. just do it to show off that you were going to do something crazy. Yeah, right. Mm. Yeah, so, he, he seems to get that. Yeah, I. You know, I always, I just couldn't as I was watching it and the level of detail with everything from the actors to the creatures to the you know the ILM team. The, it's, it's such a huge production. Mm. And I just think about those, st- I don't want to say stupid, but those commenters online are like, yeah. F Force Awakens sucks. Yeah, yeah, it's a rehash. It's like, watch this documentary <laughs> yeah. and see the level of care that was right. put into this and the, the level of thought. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's how you can't just cast it off and just say that, you know, it just sucks. It's like, yeah. well, I understand we all have, you know, criticism. Sure. But I just can't deny it. I feel like everyone should watch a, a behind-the-scenes documentary like this mm-hmm. on anything that they hate. Because right. it will give them a different perspective. Yeah. It did make me love the movie more in a weird yeah. way. Because I was like, I loved it on the surf, like the level that you love a movie that works, that's good. Yeah. But but then I'm like, oh, but also what I assumed to be true was true, which is that everybody working on it was so excited to be working on it. And they all seemed to have the attitude of like, I want to do my absolute best yes. to make this the best thing. And and I do think that the prequels play into that a little bit because there's some of those people were like, went through that and they were like, we want to redeem ourselves. Like we want, we right. want to redeem star Wars in a weird way. Like bring it back to what we felt like, right. What, what we all wanted mm. uh, the next star Wars movie to be like what, what it should be. And, and so, but some of that is out of everybody's control other than mm-hmm. JJ and uh, maybe Lawrence Kasdan, maybe Kathleen, Kennedy like because some of the choices that make the fans go yay or nay is just a, it's their story choices that sure. you just go look the movie could be amazingly produced and and the prequels are amazingly produced yeah but it's those choices that make it untenable sometimes and so like I just I'm amazed that they I'm still amazed at four months later that they were able to 
you know, bring this sh- ship in, you know, because <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. it's a tough, tough task. It really is. It yeah. really yeah. was a team. I was watching the Phantom Menace documentary and it's basically George Lucas just saying, okay, we're going to do this. And you, like you said, you see people going, I don't know about that. Do we really <laughs> want to go down that road? With this, it felt like everyone was like, yeah. it was a collaboration. Mm-hmm. That was exciting. Yeah, that's a really good point. It's, it, this also just comes off as like Abrams is a super great guy to work with because mm-hmm. Luke is a strange, mad, visionary, mad old wizard who would be like, no, it just has to be like that because that's the way it was in my mind. Right. And Abrams would be like, let me tell you how I'm feeling <laughs> and why exactly. I'm thinking. They say, yeah, yes. right. so it really opens it up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, if, if you could mind trick J.J. Abrams or Kathleen Kennedy and demand an answer about something from this movie, what would it be? <laughs> Jennifer's fur in her bra. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> One answer about this Deep. movie. Uh, f- for me, I'll, I'll start. I, I want to. I want to know about that decision to make uh, Luke just the last shot at the end, which I love. Right. Mm. Perhaps one of the, to me, one of the more brave choices yeah. ever made in nerd cinema. <laughs> um, but Abrams talked about this movie being a, a, the continuation of the Skywalker story and what happened to Luke, and that's how he got Mark into this movie is don't you want to find out what happens to Luke Skywalker and then it's one shot at the end which again I love but I want to that's I want to know a lot more about that and the discussions and was he in the script at any other point or it changed or any drafts did Luke show up in the first act or anything like that yeah that's good I think I just want to know the story behind Kennedy's concern about killing Han Solo yeah because I think it is still amazing that it was such a triumphant movie that we were eager to go to with our families again and again in the middle of the holidays in which the most beloved character in cinema <laughs> is stabbed by his son. Yeah. And it's, we're all just super cool with it. Uh, I think that I would love to know how much fear or how much convincing went into that. Yeah, mm. that's a great question. I want to know if you can fire that Starkiller base thing again, because like if once you once you empty out that sun, what what do you what are you using to power it up again? Yeah. <laughs> it's done, right? And yeah. it's not, it's a planet, so you can't move it, right? Or can you? I, I think don't know. You, I've read some places oh, that you we can, talked about this, we, but yeah, I don't know if I, I haven't read anything definitive. You know, and the internet has led me wrong before. Yeah, that's terrible Hapabore Lugabeast <laughs> moments. Uh, by the way, I'm only I'm less than a year into knowing. I never thought about or realized that, of course, the Death Star had to be able to travel through hyperspace. Right, right. That blows my mind. Like when I realized that, it was because my daughter was watching it and she was like, "Does the does the Death Star travel through hyperspace?" And I was like, "God damn it! I think it does. <laughs> it had to. It, it, had couldn't, to. it couldn't have gotten from Alderaan to Yavin. What the yeah. hell?" Yeah. So like, uh, yeah, it's just so confusing that like you have a planet weapon and it 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 basically blows its load on yeah. this one thing. <laughs> yeah. But then there's still another star near enough to recharge, recharge. it once. But, is, I mean, can it just charge from any distance? Or Yeah. I, it's a, it, there's a lot of questions I have about Starkiller yeah. Base. Starkiller Base is just a big <laughs> finger to science. I mean, yeah. Just, yeah. And that's, that's fine. Uh, the, fi- the final thing. Oh, you did you answer this question about the, the question you wanted to answer? No, I like, I like all of your questions. I just would use my mind trick ability and say you will put me in episode eight or nine. Yeah, that's, that was the first thing I thought too. Yeah, like yeah. If there's a way I could just be one of those guys with a weird mask on his head. That's, Please. That would make my life complete. Uh, the last thing I wanted to say about yeah. this, and then uh, obviously we should move on. Yeah. Um, I think the entire price point of this Blu-ray digital thing is worth it to watch the guy in the green digital suit run around with BB-8. <laughs> that is the best thing that has ever happened to me in like hey. five years. <laughs> that is so funny. <laughs> 
so winded yeah, after absolutely. that one yeah, scene. Yeah, that guy it. had it rough. Like, oh, like I know, gosh. like, Boyega's complaining. Like, he had the armor on walking through the desert, and everyone was hot. Like, Daisy Ridley said she, she felt the heat through her shoes. Like, here's a dude in a, basically, like, a downhill ski suit <laughs> <laughs> running full speed, pushing a wagon, yeah. like a robot wagon. <laughs> a robot wagon. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. Everyone around him going, this is Star Wars. Yeah. This is important. Yeah. <laughs> Although, I don't know. Who do you think sweat the most? I think maybe Simon Pegg. Uh, Simon Pegg. Yeah. Pegg. Probably he, sweat for the most, sure. right? Yeah. For, Just yeah. Cool car there. So that is our look at the Force Awakens DVD, Blu-ray, and digital download collection, which you can find at your local big, uh, big top convenience store there. <laughs> Go pick up a sweater, a box of candy, and a Force Awakens uh, copy of uh, the Blu-ray. So we're going to go to some audience questions now as we have a long bonus episode here. So should we take one, Joseph? You want to do that? Or should, uh, sure. Or should yeah, we do yeah, both? yeah. Whichever you want, Ken. Uh, Go ahead. I think you should pick. Okay, we'll do we'll do the one up here. We'll do up top here because I think it's a great question. And this one comes from uh, Van Myers at uh, My Fan Sanity, which is a great Twitter name, uh, and he asks us: Are we too desperate to figure out Ray's parentage? Are we too desperate to figure out who Ray's parents are? It is definitely a big uh, concern for Star Wars fans. Yes, yes. But are we too desperate? I think this is inspired by Rogue One, Jin <laughs> or so, and people going, oh, there's a female. Must be Ray's mother. <laughs> yeah. What do you guys think? Joseph? Yeah, I, I think that we are, we are too desperate. I feel like... I'm elated that we have these mysteries from the Force Awakens because we get to talk about them and mm-hmm. think about them. Love that, yeah. But yeah, but ultimately, it's not an Agatha Christie novel. It's not a British <laughs> parlor right. mystery. It's not going to open up with like Princess Leia gathering everyone. Is like one of you in this room is Ray's <laughs> mother, uh, and we have that with Snoke. We have that mm-hmm. with Ray. You know, yeah. there's there's stuff still that we could figure out about Finn. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's yeah, great fun to talk about. But I, I think that we get too adamant about. I'm patting myself on the back for being clever because I found out the most obscure way it could be. Right. And it's right. not, it's not going to be obscure. The answer is not going mm-hmm. to be obscure. It's going to be something that makes sense narratively because that's the way they're doing this new trilogy. Right. Clearly Lobot. Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people don't know Lobot is actually a woman. So that's Ray's mother. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I love hypothesizing and I hate reading other theories or I, I hate like yeah. I do it and then I hate myself for doing it. Cause sure. like I ultimately, I don't want to self spoil anything. Thing. Like, I think yeah. we talked about that yeah. maybe on your show, like how, like, if you think too much about it before you see the movie, you can actually ruin your own experience by sure. like, because then when the actual answer comes at you, you're like, oh, well, how does that compare to what I've c- calculated? It's like, I don't want to calculate anything, but I can't help myself because it's so enticing to try to think of all the possibilities. So like, but yeah, it's gotten to the point where it's like, we got to just let it go. Like we cannot. And like the thing, everyone you know, jumping around like, oh, well, obviously Luke's her father, but who's the mother? But like, no, no, maybe Luke's not the father. You know, like all that stuff. I want to somehow pack it away and just like not deal with it until we actually see the next movie. Right. And then if they don't tell us in the next movie, then we riot in the streets, obviously. Because <laughs> <Yeah, that's laughs> enough right. is enough. Yeah. Some <laughs> Priuses are getting turned over. <laughs> yeah. Answers. I, I'm, yeah, I'm kind of tired of, of all these theories. I, I don't want to be spoiled. I want to be able to, just, and I think it's going to be a logical explanation. I think mm-hmm. we're going to we'll all endure time my children mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. I saw a crazy theory where somebody said that she they they got Luke's severed hand they pulled the DNA yeah, from that right. and that 
is how they made Ray. Right. And I'm like, oh, actually, that's kind of interesting. But I thought, no, I don't, I don't need to know now. Just uh, right. let me, let let me enjoy it in the in the theater. Right. Because what what's also going to happen is the answer is going to be a letdown. Yeah. No matter right. what it is. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And probably Luke. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's all going to be a letdown because right. we've built up so much. It's fun though. I'm like you, Joseph. One of the favorite, most favorite things about this movie for me is that it opened up a lot of questions. Yeah. Reminiscent of uh, Game of Thrones or Song of Ice and Fire, where it's just like is 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 is, and I mm-hmm. love that, uh, crawling into that 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 bubble. But uh, clearly, in this one, it hit me when the Jyn Erso thing hit. Exactly. I was like, I just had to roll my eyes and say, no. And if it is, shame on them because yeah. I don't need right. it to be that simple and connected. Yeah. Uh, you know, if, well, that if just Luke, feels like retconning good. or something like that. Really, mm-hmm. like, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's either got to be someone we don't know at all, or it's just going to be something. That's un- I mean, I hope it's unexpected. I don't know what could be unexpected at this point because obviously every every theory possible has been thrown out there. Yeah. Um, I have some very complicated ones myself. <laughs> but um, look, it involves the Kenobi family, the Skywalkers, and also uh, Sabine. So, <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think it, wow. The, the coolest possible thing would be if Sabine was actually Obi-Wan's daughter and then Sabine and oh. Luke had, had Rey. Um, because you know how Obi Wan was because he, he Obi Wan was in love with that uh, Mandalorian woman, Satine, uh, Satine, yeah, Satine. and then she died, but Satine. she had a sister. Yeah. yeah, and so you could see them having a daughter, and in honor of Satine naming her Sabine. Yeah. Wow! Wow! <laughs> that's I really like that. that. That's like yeah, that could just happen, and then have no connection to Ray. Right. right. But then the question is, are they really going to pull from animated series? Like that seems crazy. Well, and the other thing is, like you're you're delivering this moment in the theater, and you're probably going to try to deliver it with the same weight of "I am your father," right? And you can't have you Luke can't be like, "Here's the chart." Exactly. Uh, so you guys remember Clone Wars season five, right? <laughs> All right. Anyway, <laughs> but that's where that's where the needed force ghost comes in. Yeah. Right. If they do this like Roadhouse style. Uh, like that Quentin Tarantino movie and have an intermission where like Luke's yeah. gonna say basically now turn to your nerd friend you're sitting yeah. next to and let them explain this lineage during the intermission. It's, it's like like the big short it's gonna be Margot Ro- Robbie in a bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> all right, now at this point in the movie here's what we got oh going. Gosh. Nice. But all things said, Matt, that's a good theory. That's I mean, awesome. what's better than having Death Watch lineage and Kenobi and Skywalker? I mean, you've got like tr- you're like triple Jedi plus Mandalorian. It's fucking the best. <laughs> <laughs> what can't you wow. do? Okay. Okay. Uh, Triple okay. Jedi Mandalorian. <laughs> so, and Darth Vader's your grandfather, so you got that covered. Yeah, absolutely. Too. Oh so, hey, Van Myers, <laughs> we might be too desperate to figure out Ray's parentage, but it is damn fun trying. There's definitely a balance, but I think uh, it is absolutely fun to get around with some Star Wars fans and have your mind blown by an interesting theory. <laughs> so great. Uh, I have not heard that one yet. I liked it there. So uh, you uh, you guys out there can submit questions to us on Twitter. Follow us at Force Center Pod and use the hashtag Force Center, and we will find more. We've run. Uh, really long today so we're gonna we had another question but i think we're gonna save it it's a great question but it's uh it's also slightly uh uh, it can be used uh to further our discussion on rogue one later which we'll definitely do in a future episode of force center but right now we're gonna move on to our final segment of the day which is finish the fan fiction we love to do this here we uh create we we try to tease and taunt each other (laughs) and and trick each other with these story prompts uh we put them out there and then we uh we improv the completion of the short star wars story last time uh, uh, should I just read the whole one here? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Uh, this is, And then we posted on our Facebook page. Uh, so the last one, 
uh, we did on uh, Four Center Nine was his joints and muscles ached as he sat back into a corner booth at the Moss Eisley Cantina. He hated this place, but the drinks did their job. Were always served them strong, that was sure. He was about to taste the first drink when the cantina's front door slid open with a sand-filled whir. The figure at the door was a silhouette thanks to the twin suns of Tatooine shining into the dock. He raised his hand to shield his eyes, and that's when he saw who it was. And Dengar knew the figure was here for him. So we put that out after we did it on our episode, and we put it out on the Facebook page. And our, our winning answer here is from Sam Haval. And he said, the, And Dengar knew the figure was here for him. The calm, pleasant man in the brown suit walked in and stared at Dengar before saying, End your depression today. Ask your doctor if Cymbalta is right for you. <laughs> Sam, that is an excellent answer yeah. and an excellent story. Some great outside-of-the-box thinking, and yet it makes sense for poor Dengar. Yes. So we're going uh, to do it again here, as we always do, finish the fan fiction. Joseph, Matt, and Jennifer are going to be playing again this week. Uh, this one is a little more simple this okay. time and went okay. a little more direct than my Dengar soliloquy. Um, right. <laughs> here we go. The beeps and boops from BB-8 could still be heard down the hallway from the hangar bay. He didn't like leaving his friend behind, but this time he had to. The mission was too important. At least that's what Poe kept telling himself as he strapped himself into the shuttle. His co-pilot put a reassuring hand on his shoulder and said, Joseph? Well, Poe, your charm has finally run out. The droid doesn't love you anymore. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I went dark. That's sad. Yeah, man. I don't know whether to laugh or cry at that. <laughs> uh, wow. I went dark. I was trying to think of the most dramatic thing that could happen. It's like Poe and BB-8 are the two most charming okay. characters. And what, what would have to happen for them to split up? I like that. So short and sweet. Straight to the point. Uh, Jennifer, you ready? I no, I'm not. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm, are you, you heartbroken? Processing that, yeah, I'm imagining that moment. I know Oscar Isaac would do a fantastic job. With that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll uh, shoot it to Matt. Shoot it to Matt. All right, Matt, do you, do you want the whole prompt, Matt, or yeah, you ready? Yeah, to yeah. Okay, we need it. I, I need it at yeah. least. Yeah. At least that. Yeah. <laughs> the beeps and boops from BB-8 could still be heard down the hallway from the hangar bay. He didn't like leaving his friend behind, but this time he had to. The mission was too important. At least that's what Poe kept telling himself as, as he strapped himself into the shuttle. His co-pilot put a reassuring hand on his shoulder and said, <laughs> That's all I got. see. <laughs> that opens up lots of uh, possibilities. Yeah. It could be that that was Chewbacca, and then he also said, in English, and that's all I got. <laughs> yeah, I was translating, yeah. That's <laughs> perfect, perfect. I also like that you have now paired Poe and Chewbacca. Yeah. So some people out there are going to be like, I don't think that could ever happen. Well, no. there's yeah, there's time and space enough for all combinations of characters. That's right. Eventually, uh, they're going to have to work together. Poe and Chewie are both huggers, so <laughs> they got to hug each other at some point, yeah. or it's just a disservice to yeah. fans. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, since Leia didn't hug Chewie, he's got to get a hug from somewhere. <laughs> All right, Jennifer, are you ready? No, I think, I think I'm kind of confused. You're confused? All right, I got one more. I, I'll, okay. If you want to keep thinking, give, yeah. me, give, okay. me, give it to me again. I okay, I'll, I'll do the last answer. His co-pilot put a reassuring hand on his shoulder and said... Sir, can we finally go find my arm now? <laughs> oh, okay. Like yeah. that too. Nice. nice. <laughs> I like that yeah. too. Okay, yeah. I got it. And okay. The important thing about this is there is no wrong answer because if you say something astoundingly clever, great. And if you say something astoundingly ridiculous, like uh, Matt and I did, it's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's laughing with us or at ourselves. I yes. got it. I just got one line. Okay. okay. Do the problem. His co pilot put a reassuring hand on his shoulder and said, It's okay, buddy. We always have each other. 
it's a moment between Poe and Finn. <laughs> they embrace. Yes. That's my wife, that fan fiction. That's, that's my wife's favorite moment, I think, in Force Awakens is just that shot. It's in the trailer where, yeah, where yeah. they clap, clap, clap each it. other's arms. It's uh, the, the bro love is super strong. Strong. I'll tell you what. Yeah. I, I watched that jacket scene again last night. Oh, yeah. It's hard to deny that there's something there. Right. Yeah. There yeah. is it's definitely really a glimmer in the eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Poe is, uh, I mean, I, I, you know, he'd be a, I mean, lucky man in the world if Poe did that for me, man. That's a guy. He is. Honestly, assessing whether or not Finn looks good enough in the yeah. jacket to <laughs> yeah. keep it, because you get the sense if Finn kind of was not pulling that jacket off, <laughs> yeah. Poe still would have been friendly. But like, yeah, yeah give me, give me it back though. Yeah. We'll find one that works for you. <laughs> I love uh, you guys Isaac. are great. So as always, we're going to take that uh, fan fiction, put it on the Facebook page, and don't forget you can follow the Facebook page for Center and uh, follow along with our adventures and complete the story yourself, guys. It's been a long bonus episode, but it was fun to tear into two big Star Wars stories this week plus some other stuff and just some general fun and get to know a good star wars fan in matt yeah, yeah wow. thanks for having me yeah, uh, thank we'll, you so much we'll definitely bring you back maybe cool. get you on a databank brawl and have you fight out some characters uh as always guys it's been a blast force center uh is uh, our main superstar destroyer of shows here and a lot more coming on force center but before we do that before we sign off jennifer make sure to let them know where your adventures can be tracked you can find me on all the social media sites twitter youtube instagram facebook jennifer Landa, be sure to subscribe to our Force Center podcast feed for my podcast, The Jedi Beat, as well. Absolutely. You can find me uh, on all the social media is at Joseph Scrimshaw. Uh, You can also go to my website, josephscrimshaw.com, to find out where I'm doing comedy shows and stuff. I'm running around all over Los Angeles doing comedy shows like a green-suited man driving (laughs) (laughs) BBA. And you, sir, Matt, thanks again for joining sure, us. Sure, yeah. I uh, appreciate it. I'm, it was fun to be here. I am at Matt Belknap on Twitter. Uh, also, check out Never Not Funny, the podcast that I co-host and produce with Jimmy Pardo. If you like comedy podcasts, it's a good one. And um, <laughs> we're celebrating 10 years this week, actually. Wow. 10 year anniversary. So uh, it's at Never Not Funny on Twitter and NeverNotFunny.com. That's awesome, and Pardo is one of the best out there. If you guys are not familiar with him, check out his work and this podcast, Never Not Funny. So, again, uh, guys, thanks for listening to Force Center. If you're uh, on iTunes, do us a favor, subscribe, and rate and review. That helps us a lot, but you can also find this on Stitcher and Podomatic. Be sure to catch our other shows, Databank Brawl, Spotlight Star Wars, Jedi Beat with Jennifer Landa, and more coming. Like I said, we got Star Wars Ranked and Cantina Confessions coming down the line, too. A lot of cool things here. We thank you all for joining us and following along in the galaxy of Star Wars. We'll see you next time. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods 
for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.